Right, Sean, you're in big trouble. Oh, it's the, you're pod- in, it's you- the podcast starting. Um, you're in big trouble. Can we you tried for- to kill our characters. Oh, my God. Can we forget about Tried? That? Can yeah, we be I a bit more... I didn't try the right, dice. So I've got these toxic waste sweets. So, Sean, you're going to have to eat... Uh, I should be on my mic. So, Sean, I've got these toxic waste meats, and you're going to have to eat one right now. And, James, I'm angry at Sean, but you... You've really fucked up. There you go. Oh, man. This is a bit early for this. These are are toxic waste, hazardously sour candy. Okay. They're illegal in five states. Is that true? I don't know, but it makes it sound more... Sean, how is it? (laughs) (laughs) I like sour things, but... I lost half buttons. Why have you ch- turned into a racist yeah. Chinese? And br- no, you can't Sean, leave. Sean, back. no, we're recording the podcast. What are you doing? Sean. You can't- Sean. <laughs> Sean, you can't. Sean, this is some professional. <laughs> oh. He, he has run out the room. Oh. His face. <laughs> right. I'm quite fine with it. Yeah, you're fine. See, James took it like a real man. I think it's because my like, morning palace, isn't it? Greetings, fuckwits. Welcome to the only program made by idiots for idiots. Uh, prepare to die. This is the 3T RPG podcast. I'm Harrison Hunt, and I've got James Clank. Hello. And of course, he's got a dream in his heart and a bifter in his lungs. It's Sean Hunt. <laughs> cool beans. Uh, yeah, so this is a podcast all about tabletop RPGs, and today we've got a show and a half for you. We've got feedback, we've got news punch, we've got what you've been slaying, and we've got the main subject, which is going to be how to kill your player characters. And then we've got a new segment called Shit Barter. Now, uh, it's going to be good. Also, we're going to follow up with your electro letters at the end, but for now, my back's hungry, lads. Shall we feed the back? Oh, feed it good. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Sean, I've made, I've definitely made that joke. It's like before. the first time he's ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> loving it, That's loving it over there. Yeah, that was it's that toxic sweet. It's really. What feed the back? What you... Well, I mean, it's it's avant garde. It's what it is. The feedback side. The feedback side. Yes, bitch. The feedback side. It's the feedback section. Yeah, we take your comments and read them out. Yeah, feedback, bitch. So obviously we talked about the Monty Python RPG that's coming out and how shit it's definitely going to be and how right I am all the time last week, uh, last episode. And uh, we've got a lot of feedback on that. Bargle the Infamous, he says, Comments on Americans not getting Monty Python were perfectly fair. American humour is mainly based on German humour. Man yells really loudly until everyone laughs, rather than British humour. Tories discover that due to obscure legal provision, their next leadership contest must be a bake-off. That's why most successful comedians in America are actually Canadian. <laughs> Canada's culture is much closer to Britain's. So yes, it's funny when a guy says a word over and over and over again, rather than it's funny when every dish, no matter what, inevitably includes tinned meat. He's got it. I, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm starting to think Bargle may be from Canada because he's on an anti-American. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he's nice. definitely Canadian. I will say this: I did. I was. Uh, I had two beers the other day and did a bit of a rant on the Discord group. I do like American people. Yeah. I just think that the nation is a bit crap. Yeah, but then so is England. So you know we can't say anything. Are there any nations in the world that are good? Uh, Denmark. There you go. Sweden. <laughs> the youth of the nation. 
The we are, we are. <laughs> the youth of the nation. No Name's Bimmy. He says, The only thing that Monty Python game that looked good was the fancy wooden dice. Everything else seems bad and stupid. Correct. Now, what about the catapult, man? That's yeah, it. I think that's part of it, though, isn't it? It's oh, fancy yeah. and wooden. Because and... oh, you get a whole new set of bespoke Monty Python dice. The only thing I will say, though, is wooden dice. There's a reason they're plastics, because nerds are always drinking energy drinks and cum and whatever they like. So it's like, <laughs> where, if, some of that sp- <laughs> if some of that spills on the table, then it's going to seep into the wood. Yeah, and but it expects you to um, you know, be playing in a medieval type or something. I know there's lots of juices then. Yeah, there's Never way yeah. more juice. Yeah, Medieval, you got grog, you got glunge, you got sliz, you got slunge. Uh, the Greg Man. Now, uh, uh, this is going to be a bit confusing because a lot of people have changed their name to Greg on the Discord server. Um, <laughs> because somebody shared, I think it was, well, he's now called Greg, but Greg shared a picture of a, a goblin called Greg with three Gs at the end. That's and it was awesome. just a drawing that he found on 4chan. Um, so now uh, it's become a meme, so I apologise about it. But the Greg Man. He says, also, at Harrison the Huge, if you do buy Monty Python RPG and you honestly review it and it does match your predictions, I pledge to pay for one-third of the cost of the game. Done. So that's 20 quid, right? James, you actually backed it in the end, didn't yeah. you? Yeah. Yeah, we backed it for that yeah. reason. I need to give you the money for that. I don't know who you guys are anymore, to be honest. Sean? No, we didn't back it out of, like, that we won it. We, we backed it's, it, it because it's, like, the morbid curiosity and it's, like... I'm and I desperately poke. want to be right. That's I what want to is. get that slingshot... I, to be fair, yeah. yeah. Oh, did you back the sing shot? Uh, no. Uh, well, can you get it up? Let's just hope. No, they usually do at the end of a Kickstarter. They'll do add-ons, and you could probably just add one on there. Well, actually, um, we did find that they are separately available. We did, um, and the slingshots are about a niner. A niner. Yeah. Yeah. For those that don't know, in England, we've got nine-pound notes that we call a niner. My wife's trying to get into the room. She does this every time. I usually cut it out. Come on then. Don't call me a bitch. I didn't call you a bitch. Your bit? No, I said your bitch in. Oh, yeah. Bitch. You right? Left my iPad in there. Left your, she left her iPad in there, ladies, ladies first, and gentlemen. First world problems. <laughs> I'm just leaving all of this in so that you know what we have to deal with over here in 3T Towers. Then next episode, you'll get to hear what I have to deal with. All right, let's leave that there. Harrison uh, Hunt in my house. I'm, I am pretty great. I'm, pr- I'm pretty great and my shit doesn't stink alright next episode good like good idea Millie thanks cheers that's never happening about the wet farts the copious amounts of porn not copious amounts like a good fistful a, a fist a, f- a healthy fistful a fistful a fistful <laughs> of porn right, bye I've got to go for a minute lads Got to go and have a w- uh, Lassie, he says, big ups for the anti-American stance on the last podcast. Big ups yourself, mate. The Butt Man, uh, also now known as the Greg Man, he says, uh, oh no, I've already read that one. Never mind. Uh, somebody said it's uh, Mad Van Holtz. He says, it's kind of dumb that they didn't hire Monty Cook to make the Monty Python RPG, because he's called Monty, obviously. <laughs> and uh, To which Bargle the Infamous replied, Monty Cook's Flying Circus costs $950. Comes in a box that is a scale model of a Fokker D seven and has 17 character classes including afternoon shadow kick starting now uh for those who don't know uh, monty cook's game what is it golden sun the hidden sun something like that anyway it costs 300 quid just to get the base game why well he said that you could all chip in and it's got like various no 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 got about 10 stacks of cards it's got a hand that you can put the cards in to display them why is it 300 quid because he's because well he invented armor class as we know it today so you know 
Yeah, but that's still... Like... No, but he deserves it, James. No, no, no. No, but there's over ten cards in it. Yeah, you got to get oh, an extra wow. job. Got to work, you know. Work two shifts, it's worth it. I actually considered buying it for this podcast once, but even I couldn't bring myself to do that. And this is coming from the podcast that's bought the Monty Python RPG. <laughs> Omega Greg. Um, so we announced, obviously, last episode that Nick has left the show. Uh, Jobless. Jobless. But he's left the show and he's left this mortal coil behind. Uh, Omega Greg, he says, fact, I was so scared that James had left the show. Isn't that nice? Uh, that is quite sweet. Even though we did say Nick. So clean your ears out. Um, and then he follows up by saying, wait, wasn't there another bloke on the show? He all right? Um, then he follows up with some feed, feedback about Sean's Savage Pathfinder campaign. He says, I love hearing about the Savage Pathfinder in the latest episode. That's what my group has been playing as well. Yes. It's actually really excellent, and I like how advancements add variety to a character as they progress as opposed to leveling, which was yep. always sort of linear. You're damn yep. right. Um, also, much less power creep. A character with three advancements could fit right into a party with ten advancements, true. which yeah, we know that Very from true. experience. My only complaint is that the list of magic items is a little skint, but that should fill out more as third-party folks create material for Savage Pathfinder. Actually, I haven't checked out the fantasy campaign, maybe a fantasy companion yet. Maybe that integrates well with Savage Pathfinder. Probably not. Um, well, there's. Uh, isn't the fantasy campaign basically just all the medieval shit from the main book? Yeah, sort of again. Yeah, yeah, it is. But um, with uh, magical items, there is quite a few. There's a decent amount. Um, of them, but uh, also because sort of, by my calculation, if he's saying it's quite a, quite a skint selection, we've probably got all of them by this point. We've got the yeah. fighting cape, we've got the cape of Montgomery. Uh, well, there's some I've added in. Yeah, I guess that, Sean, because yeah. I, I guess there wasn't an item in the game called the fighting cape. Uh, no, there wasn't. No. And he it's literally with an N, not an ING at the end. The fighting ca- cape. Captain's cape, good plus two to boating. It was yeah, funny last week as yeah. well, because um, there's a point where Sean was like, you could, you only have one slot on each type of magic item. Uh, and I was like, yeah, I'm not wearing a cape, I can take it. And James looked at his sheet and went, I'm wearing two capes. <laughs> <laughs> Just realised at that point. <laughs> but you could have one on each side. Well, like yeah. you switch to the boating cape when you're boating. Yeah. Didn't we call it the boking cape? Yeah, that was a hilarious boking. reference to Simpsons. Yeah. But, uh, We're worse than the Monty Python people that quote Monty Python. Spam. But yeah, the fantasy companion, I don't know if it's that good, but in Savage Worlds, the good thing is you can kind of make a magic item very easily just by giving somebody the use of an edge or a spell. Yep. Do you know what I mean? Just uh, be like, okay, you've got this, you've got a wand of havoc. And, and it's just, yeah, just trap it like that. Yeah, and it's got its own power points. Boom. There's a few, there's quite a few. I mean, there's about probably can I have a magical item so I don't die all the time please uh, well I've, g- I've given you the armor braces but you took no, burnt, you... Like, burnt those in acid and that no I didn't because all the magic items didn't but we'll get to this later he didn't have he didn't have them until I gave them to him we'll get to this later we're talking I... about we're talking about this later but um, but yeah uh, but I wanted to like make a point about the magical items. did you though so the, <laughs> so there's like six pages I think so there's <laughs> like you got like rods capes and all that you got like different pendants coins it's like, the rod like of hard Hardness in there. Oh yes. Uh, yeah, it is. <laughs> um, but like, um, yes. Yeah, um, but in the companion for Pathfinder, they've got quite. Uh, there's a quite. Few, <laughs> nice. There's quite a few more. Um, Monster Energy, same great taste, zero sugar. Right. Sorry, I'm just contractually obliged to say that. Carry on. <laughs> uh, there's quite a few uh, more, and also there's mm, refreshing. There's ones uh, that you can build, base your whole cam- uh, a whole campaign around. Like uh, there's uh, one that lets you into a room that has everything in it. That'd be that's a cool. 
Can we have that one, please? Can Thanks. We, can, Sean. <laughs> That would solve a lot of problems. <laughs> no, that'd be like some sort of... Oh, we've got to collect the eight fucking elemental crystals. Oh, go to this room. That has everything in it. They're there. Thank you. Cheers. We'll just have that, please. Cheers, Sean. Cheers, Siobhan. But yeah. All right, so so get the companion is your advice. Because there's the Savage Pathfinder companion and it's got a lot of expanded shit in there, right? Well, there's a few more magical items no, yes that no. you can use. It's yes, it's yes, yes or no. no. Uh, I'd... Yes like, or no? Like, if you've got it, that's cool. Like, there are... Few, yes or no? There are... Maybe. Yes. All right, yes. No, no, I don't... <laughs> I'm, uh, right, sorry, say what you were going to say. I'm going to get a bit less Larry. I it's promise. Good, no, it's a good product. It's like, just, like, there's not that much in there, but there's loads of other cool stuff, but not magical items. But it expands on it slightly. But, yeah, we need some more third-party stuff, I think. All right, we'll make it. News punch next. Let's get into some news. Oh yeah, bish bash boy. Oh yeah, news punch. So the news punch. <coughs> so the news. Here it is. Wizards of the <laughs> Wizards of the Coast addresses rumours about the OGL being destroyed. For those not as clever or as handsome as me, the OGL is something that all RPG players are aware of in some way, but I'll quickly explain. It's the open gaming license, right? It's a big block of text, usually at the back of all D&D-related third-party shit and whatever, right? And it's essentially a license made 20 years ago that means anyone can produce and sell content using the D&D rule set. They're just not allowed to re- replicate the text, right? And it was responsible for the D20 boom during the D&D 3.5 era where we saw everything in the WWF book to the book of erotic fantasy. <coughs> oh, a monster energy. And also the birth of Pathfinder during 4th edition times. It's why the various system reference documents for D&D are perfectly legal and just uploaded online. Baked into the OGL, right, is a clause making the license non-rescindable, right? So it's never going to go away. That's the whole point of it. It can't go away. Um, Now, recently, completely unsubstantiated rumours have been floating around saying that when D&D 1 or D&D 6th edition comes out, Wizards of the Coast are going to abolish the OGL. Now, they actually can't do that. It's not possible. Uh, Because it's baked into the OGL, right? That's the whole fucking point. Just checking if the recording is still going. So uh, <laughs> the only way they could ever do that is by completely changing the rules so they no longer resemble the original rules and they're never going to do that. So uh, if they did, everyone would still be able to use the old old systems and rules of previous editions anyway because uh, and then we'd likely have another Pathfinder on our hands. So basically, if you think that the uh, OGL is going away, you're an idiot. And that news is not very exciting, but I thought it was worth mentioning. Well, it was well reported on. Thank you very much. Can't, can't uh, well, on the sites where I stole that news from. Yeah. 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 Uh, Hasbro makes shit D&D Lego type transformer things. I die inside. Oh, yeah. They're called Dicelings. Like, so the shape of them is a D20 when they're closed up. And the shape is quite aesthetically pleasing, if you had a look. Just look them up, Dicelings or something like that online. They're made by... Hasbro Pulse. Yes. Um, yeah, so it's, it's like the Transformer type toys where they fold up into a D20. And like you say, they look quite nice like that. But, but when then they open up, mate, look at the owlbear. It looks like the worst fucking thing I've seen. It doesn't even closely resemble what it's supposed to be. It, the dragons look all right. The sort they, of, yeah. No, the, the beholder's weak, man. It's only got like three it eyes. It looks like, because it's got a circular face just sort of buried within the D20. I and don't the know why is, they couldn't have just made it that 
that twenty sided shape, but it looks like he's got sort of like vagina flaps around the side of his face. Yeah. It's weird, man. Yeah, it's a bit nasty. <laughs> but um, I've, they're releasing it because of the uh, what is it called? Honor Among Thieves film. That's is that D&D. the new D and D one? That's the D and D film out next year. Right. So, but but the thing is, they've had to adhere so much to making them transform into a d20 that some of them when they unfold they look nothing like the thing they're, yeah. they're really hideous to look at but yeah. james just sent us a picture of them to the group and i was like what the fuck is this yeah i had to look into it but yeah they're really really stupid and people that play dnd are even more stupid i guess because they've sold out everywhere but i don't get i don't understand the appeal like if you are a collector of hasbro items far fine yeah, but, but then, but I would say if you are right and you really want a beholder, buy a beholder mini. They're really nice, and they don't look nearly as shit as these ones. I'm quite surprised because it's like this is obviously intended for the mainstream, and the people that play D and D are buying it. I don't really know what the function behind it is, other than like uh, just a I assume it's like toy. You can roll it. And it'll be really, really unbalanced. Oh, it'll be like one of those things where you can roll it, but then at some point, rah, a monster. Yeah, that's what I think. You just be like, I've got this new D20, guys. And then I'm like, why is there all those gaps in it? And you're like, don't worry about it. <laughs> and then they, you look at it, you roll it, and then they roll it straight into the bin. Good. Good. Yeah. <laughs> all right, should we get on to what we've been playing? That is it for news. Nothing yeah. much has happened. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And one of these! Oi! Yeah? What you slaying? Right, Savage Pathfinder. Sean? Sean, Hello. what the fuck? You're in big trouble. Um, why? Wait. You know why? So we've been playing Savage Pathfinder. Uh, we the, the, the concept of the campaign is that we were policed in a very small town. Two of the characters died. James's first one, Ruddles the Barbarian, is still alive. Uh, we, we are trying to track down uh, these crystals, which have which basically prop the world and existence up, and they've become corrupted. So we have to track them down and decorrupt them and save the areas that, in which they abide. And, like, we, yeah, like, like, and we, we, we're really clo- closing in on the end of the game here, right? And uh, so we go, go to get the Dark Crystal. That's the second last one. And we fight a Ruby Dragon. All right, Ruby Dragon's pretty rough, right? Yeah. Now, I made a fuck-up. I did... Sorry, everyone. I did. I made a fuck up. So in Savage Worlds, which is the system Savage Pathfinder uses, you, um, if you get made incapacitated, that is sort of like when you reach zero hit points, you're going to roll uh, Vigor and see if you get up. I said Vigor. And if you, um, if you succeed, you're no longer bleeding out and, and that's that, right? Yeah. But you get, a, you get an injury, uh, which can be permanent or whatever. Now, if you... If you roll a crit success, that means you're you're just unconscious for the rest of the fight. Happy days, right? Everyone's happy. Yes, go on. I did that, forgot I'd done it, thought I was still bleeding out like I was before, and then re-rolled and uh, died the next turn. Yeah. But it's because I forgot that I had rolled the crit and that I was actually all right. And the thing is, is that I, like we recorded this at the table, and then when Harrison messaged our group saying that he did a fumble... Um, I was just like, I do recollect it because I was like, but surely you're fine. But I didn't question it because Harrison... Always question it. I am stupid. I I know the rules quite well for Savage Worlds, but yeah, for some reason, I just forgot what happened to the the turn before. In my defence, it was approaching the end of the night and I was about three and a half beers in. Oh, wait. Well, that was the Father Whiskey night, wasn't it? Yeah. 
I don't I don't remember, so it probably was. Yeah. So um yeah, so that that was basically that was basically it. So my character sort of died and we went through this depressing phase the next day. It was game. intense. Uh, and it was like well we ended up killing the Ruby Dragon out of pure hatred. And anger. And like it was it was pretty brutal. The the actual uh tone at the table was dark as hell. And then it took us a while to sort of ham fist a new character that would make sense to the game to make it playable. Because I came back as an alternate universe version of your mum that's yeah. been trying to find the one version of her son that lives out of a thousand universes and came into our one. And it was kind of a cool character, but like our set of characters, we 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 are fortunate enough to where the original set of characters, two of them died. Yeah. And they were great characters. And we loved playing them. Yeah. Like, great chemistry. And then we come back with two more and had similar chemistry, but albeit different, right? Yeah. So we're very lucky. But there's so- a lot of... Um, I mean, without your character, the story wouldn't make sense. So that's the that's why it's been kept together. Yeah. And so when I, I messaged on the group and we talked about it, like, and it was really depressing and horrible. And I was just like, oh, such a shame he's dead and all of this. And then uh, I realised the fuck up. And we said, look, we never retcon, but in this one case... We do need to, because it's quite important if he's still alive. Not right? only that, but uh, uh, James, uh, your character Ruddles uh, crashed the boat and nearly crashed it into a state of complete disrepair. Yeah, his mental state was uh, questionable at that moment because he was so depressed. So he, yeah, he was like really upset that his 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 new adopted son had died. Yeah. Got got in the airship and then immediately crashed it and then spent about two weeks repairing it. Um, yeah, so my character was alive, and then the next the next session, right, Sean tells us, right, we're going after the last crystal here, things are going to be tough. You're going to need to go and do some side quests. Yeah, and we ended up so, that, yeah uh, we did the first one, piece uh, of piss. We did the first yeah, one. Uh, the guy, <laughs> we were in this luxury hotel, and uh, the chef was like, look, I used to employ this guy, he's a tree ant called Trent, right? And he's, you know, he's, he's uh, like, did a shit in our kitchen, we had to sack him. Now he's been terrorising the golf course, kicking golfers <laughs> left, right and centre like a football. And we just went up to him like, Mate, like, what's what's going on? Like, do you want gainful employment? Is that it? Because you can come work for us. Just stop kicking people on this golf course. So we convinced him to join us. And now he's now he's uh he's was well, your at the minute. Well, that session I played him for a, a little while, which was really nice. He's fucking so powerful as well. And I don't think Sean fully read the monster description because there was some. It was so funny, like, because he's got the rock throw ability, right? And there was one that's str- uh, his strength, which is D twelve. D- well, his strength D12. is his oh. D twelve is D twelve plus his strength is D twelve plus three. Yeah, yeah, and then the rock on top of that does D twelve. So, <laughs> I, I I I said to James, I was like, I pointed at the little thing. I was like, use that next turn when we're in a battle. And then James rolled it. I was like, right, roll athletics. He rolls it, and I'm like, right, now roll the damage that's on the sheet. Like to, like saying it so Sean didn't know how much it was. And I saw Sean's face sort of wince, and I was just like, yeah. <laughs> we like, I mean, he's well powerful. He's yeah. really powerful. So after we got this Trent on our side... Um, we decided to take another side quest on in the same island that we happened to be on. And then there was this tribe of people that... Um, they, they're, they're Basically, their king is coming down for the day. and Or royalty, whatever. And there's a bunch of magical items and, like, uh, sort of very highly regarded items down uh, in this little crypt they keep them in. But somebody's recently find out, found out the password and got in and uh, is, is threatening to take them. So we have to go and retrieve them. Now, as we're going down there, we just have a random, not roundabout, but a battle against two slugs. Yeah, but we, so slugs, before so. we got there, we steamed through it, and then we happened across this this pool of water, which we emptied, and then there were two slugs in there. Yeah. And But the only thing Rando is, we, we, we had an idea, well, I had an idea, 
to quickly run back to the hotel, get loads of salt, salt yeah. and then come back, right? Because we were on a time limit. We had a couple hours until the Royals were coming and all the items needed to be. That was the main trouble because Sean was like, right, it's going to take you half an hour to get there and back. I'm like, would we really want to waste that considering we don't know how much of re- the rest of the dungeon is left? So we were like, no. So try to fright, fight them. And then my character, who we just celebrated was still alive, died. Uh, yeah, he got spat. Acid got spat on him, innit? And sure, as Sean put it at the time, he called it slug glunge. Uh. And so it's like, it's like ultimate disrespect is what uh, it is. But um, luckily, um, you guys managed to find a restoration potion. Uh, the only one uh, that was supposed to be used to revive the mummy. Yeah, because one of the items was a mummy, right? Now, this was... this was I, I think you threw us a bit of a bone here, but we did sort of bully you into doing so. Um, well, he put, placed the mummy in there like it was a conscious decision, so it makes sense that there would have been a restoration potion to reanimate the mummy back. The old king hell. for when yeah. the royals... Do. Yeah, so so essentially he, he gave us a, a luck roll. We had to get... 95 or above on a D100. A golf ball D100. Yeah, it's one of those precise. big fat D100s. And uh, yeah, James Tomasson, uh, one of our, our other players. Tabuscus. Tabuscus. We, uh, we were rolling um, we were rolling it around on the floor because it really goes for days. So we're trying yeah. to get that. Spent 17 bennies to get this restoration pose and get that roll to pop off. And the last roll. The last, the very last one. The we got genuinely, 96. genuinely, no word of a lie. It was well good. Yeah, we got 96 and there. Uh, so my character's back. So I'd received one permanent injury from before when I got knocked down. Slow. So I'm slow. So my pace has gone down from six squares to five, and I take the worst of two initiatives. Uh, and then I got busted guts, which is always the classic. But now, so my strength was reduced by a die type, forever. which is a, forever, which yeah. is a bad thing for a monk, I would say. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I, I said that we've got, we've gone on this quest to try and get better, and the only thing we've done is got me, that I got worse. The thing is, though, we're all at a table, well, um, and and we were just saying this is fucking irritating. <laughs> the situation was irritating because it was tearing our hearts to shreds because we're really invested in these characters, like deeply. Deeply invested. Sean and I went out to the pub, like, I think it might have been a week ago. And I was trying, I was really trying hard to just convince him just to give us the ending. Just be like, look, well, let's, let's just go to the light crystal. We get there. They're like, I've heard of you. You know, you're doing good work. Here it is. Have a nice day. Then we get to the last boss. Yeah, oh, we combine all the crystals. Laser beam. Dead. Yeah, yeah I mean, that, that, Sean, you, you guys would be worth We cannot, we can't. Every campaign you've ever run has ended in a TPK. We can't have this. What about the uh, the, the, the beasts, the mutant hero beasts, in it? You guys succeeded in that. That's a good point. Right, so just, you know, just give us this one. Uh, I can't. We'll just, no, we'll Sorry. pretend. We'll pretend that it was done legitly. Whoa. Yeah. Um, Cheers, mate. But yeah, I mean, luckily uh, with that taking of that potion, uh, you stopped something really bad from happening, so there's that. Yeah, I mean, I guess that, but we did eventually get a level up, but I had to spend mine on levelling my strength back up because it had gone down. And so. the thing is, as well, is that I've now bestowed upon um, Harrison's character a few like magical items to increase his toughness. I was Fight like, keep. there's no fucking way that you're dying again. And he's just like, oh, no, I shouldn't take it. And then I was just like, no, you don't have a choice in the matter. I had a bit of a quite a bit of a touching moment though because it turns out oh my god the the whole time I know it's a bit I was I actually made me a bit a bit emotional but I was like I, I don't know how to react to this but um Tabuscus the other player his character Henu is sort of like because my character's essentially an orphan sort of yeah James's character is my new dad Tabuscus character is like my uncle right because I'm playing a child 
Um, and it turns out that behind my back the whole time, Tabuscus had been conferring with Sean about creating a new magical item, which was a storybook that would read aloud in whatever voice I was thinking of. So it, it could be my dad who died. So I would I would open it up and it was like... Because every so, night he wants to have a story read to him. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because that was one of the first things I said to him. So for about like six weeks, Tabuscus has been like doing roles in secret with Sean like making this magical item for my character to have and I just thought that was the sweetest thing I've ever seen in an RPG I was like I was a bit te- I was like tearing up a bit yeah I, ra- I raised uh, I raised Buskis's spirit after that with his character for, oh, for yeah. going on that secret side quest behind your back yeah that was cool man that was cool that was a good that was a good moment but yeah so my character he's now he, he was called Little Bearer he's now Bearer the Undying. Um, but I wanted to be called Bearer the Thrice Dead, but Sean wouldn't allow it. But I just I... thought it was funny because I'd only died twice. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, so, uh, Sean, like, just, you know. Sort it out, mate. Um, no, that was a side quest, right? That was a side quest, right? And you're bringing out fucking killer slugs that, like, d- that are impervious. That's the thing that's, like, the most, like, painful bit about it. The most stingy thing. But what do you think is going to happen now when we go after the light crystal? We're probably going to fight an angel or something like this. Like, oh, yeah. What, happens, and then, what uh, happens when you go to the snowy area, you know? Oh, you know, that's what you don't know. So we were in, um, there's, a, there's a toy shop in town called Toy Barn House. Barnhouse, Thai Barnhouse, and we were there, and there was this company that makes sort of farmyard miniatures, right? Yes, and, and they're well, they're good. They're good, and now they started making fantasy ones as well. And we we were in there, and there's this really nice miniature. Uh, I don't know, like it would compare to like a normal size character, it'd probably be about uh, you know ten times the height, something like this. So like sixty foot high chickens. No, sorry. <laughs> um, no, it was um, a bear with a club made of ice, like a bit, like a bit like uh, his Dank Materials that series. Mm. And um, it's really fucking cool. And we were in there, and Sean was looking at it for ages. Like, I really, like, I might need this for like. Don't, I'm not not spoiling anything, but like, I might need this for an encounter that's like coming up. And then the other day, right? It's, it was uh, I went to the go to um, my dentist, uh, Crentist. Shout out to him. And I was on the way back, and I saw Sean because it was fucking raining like hell. I saw him hiding in her, like, in an awning, and we both got on the bus. And I was like, "Hang on, the game's in two hours. What are you going down to town now for?" He's like, "Oh, I like no reason." And I was like, "All right." Um, and he's like, "You are, you know, if you must know, like, I'm going down to Toy Barn House. Do you know what I mean?" <laughs> so I was like, "So I, 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 I know that, that sure he keeps spoiling things. Just like, like to, for me, we'd be online playing bloody Danky Kang, and then Sean would be like." Like, do you think it'd be cool, like, if you fought, like, a, a, a digging machine at some point, or something like this? Like, you keep saying things. Like, I'm Sean, stop spoiling it for me, man. Um, Why did you have to tell me you go to Toy Barn House? You could have just said you were going for, like, an anal bleaching to... appointment or something. I could yeah. have gone to get a super soaker or something, can I? You never know. Shut up! <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so, uh, right. Well, anyway, let's download the PDFs for Pathfinder and look up whatever like an ice bear is. Like, look that up, and then we'll know. Yeah, 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 yeah. you can. Its weakness is probably fire, though. Let's be look, honest. Look, look as long. As you can look all you want. You can't. But yeah, great. It's been good so far. We've probably got what about two sessions left? Shush, shush, shush. I'll say um, a bit more. <clears throat> yeah. I reckon about four because we need yeah, to. We do need four. a couple more levels up before yeah. we go to I the mean, end. We we uh we know. Shauna was very heavily implying. 
Oh, yeah, so we saying you're going on some uh, side quests, yeah? Because uh, you probably like need some more levels, innit? I want you to succeed, though. That's the thing, innit? Like, I don't, like once you go to the You're room, a good kid! There's no turning back, innit? Yeah, I know. I know. I, but but this is... I, I suggested we go back to the town that we came from because it was a low-level area and do quests there because that, that'd be easy, idea. like, collect four wolf pelts or whatever. Well, um, and also you could get some, like, more rainbow corn, which heals you. You know. Yeah, yeah, we got uh, we uh, well, we are going back. We are going back, but we just thought we'd pick up a couple of easy side quests on the volcanic first island. One, first one was easy, probably quite deadly because it's a fucking tree ant. Uh, but you then a uh, fucking slug comes. You got to raise on your persuasion with the tree, though. Um, persuasion. Yeah. Well, I killed that discussion. Uh, I just want to talk about um, there's a company. Probably Chinese company, probably uh, uh, unethical business manoeuvres going on down there. It's called Sick UK, S-I-Q-U-K, Sick UK. They do a lot of very suspiciously cheap uh, role-playing items on Amazon. For example, they've got dice trays, which are really nice, that we, we all use, and they're about a tenner each. Now, the DCC dice, like the official ones, in, in in the UK, they can set you back... 30 quid, isn't it? 30 quid, 25 quid, depending on where you get them. They've got unofficial ones on diceshoponline.com uh, that are £22.50, and those, that's that's all right. Uh, but yeah, this company, Sick UK, who are probably using children to make all of their products, they do DCC dice, a whole set of them, including a big fat golf ball D100 for... Uh, I think it was eleven pounds, depending on what colour you get. Sean's yours were twelve because he got the purple ones. But yeah, so if you need a full set of DCC dice, they're actually affordable ones and they're really nice. Oh, nice! But they did come with a really gay bag, didn't they? They're, it was it was like faux leather. Looked like you were into S and M. Yeah. Be, to be fair, it looked like a, a middle-aged woman's handbag. Like but... my boss at the shop that I volunteer at, she. Is a is a middle aged divorcee, and it looks like her handbag. But I think it's meant to hold the pa- like because the, the D one hundred so heavy, so powerful. It's meant to contain the power. <laughs> yeah, just try that bag away. Get a different one because uh, there's only one thing people are going to think about you if you go around with that, and it's not going to be nice attention. Don't go down the docks. <laughs> That's... Uh, um, well, I'm, and if you want more stereotypes about gays, thinking... Sean, here we go. Um, I was thinking about using it, um, not because I'm progressive, but because um, it, it does hold the dice in quite well. I'm gay. <laughs> no, it does. Yeah, I mean, but anything can hold the dice well. Just don't use it. Chuck it away. But that the, uh, the set of dice for 11 quid is really good. So, yeah, check that out. And they do other stuff as well, like uh, that. there's a the thing. Mm. So, <laughs> I forgot what it is. <laughs> Uh, it's it's a, like a dice holder in it. It can hold all your sets in like nice neat little rolls. But yeah, it's good. Uh, they do good shit. And if they use Chinese employees, shout out to you. You're really earning your two pence a day. Um, next up, main subject. Main subject. Magic. Main subject. Tokyo. Main subject. How to kill your players? No, PCs do not kill your players. Tom Hanks did it once. Didn't work out for him, did it? No. We've all been there, fellow DMs. A campaign that you're running isn't hitting that sweet spot for you. Perhaps a system you previously thought was going to be awesome ends up not being as fun as you thought. Or perhaps the PCs took the game in a direction you aren't enjoying. And of course, there's the dreaded overpowered characters problem. 
And while that last one isn't something I really give a shit about, all GMs know what I'm talking about. A campaign that you just want to end so you can move on to the thing you're actually passionate about at the time. But you don't want to be known as a DM who just ends games where they feel like it, Eric Lamoureux. So let's. <laughs> so you have one solution, right? You've got to kill the player characters. You've got to kill them so hard they never come back. And killing just one of them won't do because then you're in danger of the campaign continuing. That's right, today we're going to be talking about ways to bring about a TPK and make it look like an accident. Or make it look like a thrilling failure that your group will talk about for years to come. Now before we continue, I say, I'll say this, don't do this. I don't do this, and you shouldn't do this. I've ended one campaign prematurely in my entire life, and it was, it was, I was just honest about why. And in fact, I would largely advise ever trying to, against ever trying to TPK your players. But this advice will help you when you have no other options. Or it may help you to spot when your GM is trying to do the same to you lot. You know what I mean? To be fair, we uh, we have tried this in one game because we were absolutely desperate. But I can't say what game it was. Uh. Um, mm. Which can you just can you did give me? Oh. Like, yep. Okay. Yep. That that <laughs> did we actually? Yeah. We tr- no, but that's no, the that's did. the reverse. We tried to die. Yeah. 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 <laughs> all right uh anyway yeah so so yeah we will include a bit of like player advice if you're if your gm's trying to kill you these are the signs to look out for but if you're trying to kill your players have a laugh of it you know do you know okay use the format it works right so uh yeah let's do this shall we i've got some advice and then we'll probably go to you two for some advice and you can chime in as well how about that does that sound like fun the advice yes advice it's quite pleasant my first tip right the big bad is angry and he confronts the PCs directly. So many campaigns, specifically fantasy ones, revolve around the PCs essentially spending the whole game thwarting the plans of a force far too big for them to confront directly, right? Mm. Ravenloft Raven campaigns are often like this because they revolve around Dark Lords, the rulers of evil areas and counties that have been transported to a place called the Domain of Dread. Or in my Sodom and Cain campaign, for example, it revolved around the methodical killing of chil- the children of a great country-sized force of nature called the Valpurgis. Now imagine for a second that you're Strahd von Zarevich, right? Really get into it, Sean. Just imagine. Um, yeah, I'm getting into it. Right, good, I'm good. Sort of doing my breathing exercises. Good, good. You're Dark Lord of Barovia and Ravenloft. You spent 95% of your life imprisoned in the Domains of Dread, forced to watch the death of your one true love kill herself over and over in visions sent to you by an incomprehensible council called the Dark Powers. Well, you're not, you're, you're not going to be, you're, not, you're unlikely to have a lot of patience, right? So now imagine that suddenly a bunch of idiot player characters have turned up and started killing all the brilliant werewolves and zombies you've spent hours making. Well, Strahd actually would likely force you to work for him or turn you into a beast yourself because of, you know, dramatic irony. But if you're midway through a Ravenloft campaign and you're bored of it, you're running it, just send Strahd after them because they're not going to win, right? The player's actions and, uh, you know, Strahd's tragic backstory, they're not going to question it. It's unlikely to seem out of character. And, yeah, they're never going to win and then you just wrap up the campaign with some big speech about how you know evil always loses and evil always eats evil or something like this and you just pretend that like yeah that was the whole point of the campaign mate that would be so sad it would yeah and especially if you're like only three episodes in I'm like did you learn a lesson there about being evil and I'm just like right next up we're playing Maid (laughs) then after that Powerpuff Girls Sailor Moon RPG but yeah, I mean, this is unfair, but then we're talking about killing player characters. And, and, and th- this method, right, works doubly well for things like Call of Cthulhu, right? 
because you know, bam, Cthulhu's there. They're not winning. That is, yep. they've got one round max before they're dead. Right? Hands up, can't run away because he's so huge. He's so huge. They he, go insane. You got to close your eyes. You bump into something. Yeah, but one of his. But even what you hear is going to send you mental. Yeah. Uh, and Belchy, he. Belchy, Belchy. If I'm, if I recall correctly, <coughs> Cthulhu in at least in, oh, I forget which edition I have. Is it? I've got sixth, right? Yeah. In that one. He can gate in D100 uh, formless spawns around. <laughs> so it's like, you're not winning, right? So let's say, for example, you're doing a Call, Call of Cthulhu campaign. The fucking, you, it's all about these cultists. They want to summon Cthulhu. The players have got seven days to do it. Then you, you, you decide... Day one. Yeah, day, day one. Day one, you're like, done oh it. my God, they've done it early. <laughs> right? Or if you, you know, you're, you're fucking four sessions in, it's day four, you're just like, oh, these guys are idiots. I can't, I hate this campaign. Boom. Oh no, they've done it. It's happened too soon. Oh, woe is me. Then you can delight in killing the players with such a powerful monster. Well, you, what you could uh, do is just say, oh yeah, I rolled a D7 behind the screen to see how many days were left and it rolled a, it rolled a zero, which doesn't exist in the dice. And so uh, we, we got a dice now yeah exactly easy and even better if you buy a custom d7 that only has the number three on it over and over again or zero or whatever oh, no. like, it rolled a zero so suck it uh but yeah i mean it's good isn't it? and uh so sadly for players right this one really isn't easy to get around uh the slut boss will likely find you anyway because your characters have almost certainly left a trail but if the boss appears i guess the only thing you can really do is run away and try to change your appearance i mean that's what happened in the Shadowrun campaign. These guys are up against one of the biggest corporations in the world. And uh, they went to cosmetic surgery to, to try and get away from them. Yeah. You can't really do that with Cthulhu. No. But, it, but yeah. Well, you couldn't. Yeah, actually, in Cthulhu, you, you absolutely couldn't do that in any conceivable way. <laughs> no. Because by, by the time you've taken one step away from it, you've already gone mad and been killed by 75. No, but I mean, even just like, if you had the ability to try and do cosmetics, you just like peeling the face off you'd go a bit insane right and no, yeah you no. probably try and cosmetically alter yourself to death before you even left yeah the area not only that but there's also in cthulhu the massive pressure of time like that you are you always feel like you're in a hurry to try and solve stuff well because it's so investigative like time is, is such a really important factor in cthulhu isn't it, it is it is and so so there are th there are situations where people are going to fuck up and they do like um so yeah this is an easy one to pull out i mean it really is the most foolproof method but the thing is it has to be deployed carefully you have to make it look like there's a good reason for it right because the players are going to know straight away because this is essentially the same as you get hit by lightning, right? Yeah. It is essentially that. But you, but the justification is, oh, it's the big bad confronting you for some reason. Yeah, you're just putting a bit more like flowers around there to make it... You've got to maybe set it up for at least a session before you pull this one out to kill your player characters. There was a failed attempt on us to, to kill us uh, in the same campaign that we tried to kill ourselves in before. Was it? Um, the very last boss... Oh well, it yeah! It wasn't even the very last boss, but it was a boss in intended to end the campaign. Oh yeah, was we? I mean, and we won. Uh, uh, yeah. No, we all died, didn't we? No, we won. No, oh. we won. We won because because one of the things was that it was a person that had improvision who immediately cast a mist spell, so he could attack us, but we couldn't attack him. I, of course straight away did electro wave electrifying the mist and killing him immediately yeah <laughs> oh mate anyway yeah so yeah but so that was that was a failed i mean look the, the other solution if you are a player and your gm has bought this one out and you're suspicious of it is to to, to earnestly try and win as we did because there are situations where that might happen 
and if you give it your all and you really think about it, you could win. Cthulhu is not a good example. Well, Strahd is not a good example. By saying try your earnest to, to win every time, I feel like uh, Sean kind of puts that, us in that position sort of every session. Yeah, well, this is what this is part. It was funny because it was actually like I, it was the session before last when that happened that we came up with this idea. Yeah. Because this episode was going to be, what if I was going to be about racial holy war? Yeah. But we decided to go for this because it's like I think I I was essentially trying to identify whether or not Sean was trying to do any of these to us. Well, I feel like he he has been. He's sick, of, he's sick of Pathfinder now. He wants to play some sort of hentai game or whatever. Well, I mean, we've mentioned it a few times on this podcast as well. Uh, but like Sean always likes to bring in these really weird or ca- uh, characters or NPCs into play. Like uh, years ago when we had some rabbits who were just in the way doing nothing, but they literally almost screwed up an entire plan, which would have led us all to death. That was, there was a bear Cthulhu, wasn't it? Us. Yeah, yeah. So it's called Cthulhu. It for 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 some reason <laughs> I, wincing so for much. reasons I will never understand has uh, stats for animals in there, and Sean's the only person ever in history that uses them. Yeah, but that, you, it's it's it's. But it's in madness. this ga- in this campaign, we had two characters to die to an exploding shrug. Right, see last episode shrug. for details. We had one character die and then get resurrected because of a slug. So we now know Giant slug. All right, whatever. <coughs> yeah, so it was Ruby but, Dragon death, and that was, you know, that's acceptable. But but now Ruby we know, Dragon. right? Avoid anything that ends in UG. Yes. Yeah. We figured out, Sean. We figured out the Da Vinci code. I have tried to kill you, but, you know, I, I, what? My attempts. He's admitted it. No, I've You no, fucking just, piece just of joke. shit. You're you sick fuck. You're sacked. You're, you sick fuck. Uh, no, I haven't really. Um, it's just the way the world is, you know. And... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you created it. <laughs> it's just the way I don't make the rules. <laughs> I don't make the rules, mate. <laughs> um, my second advice is the, uh, this is a bit more, it's similar to the first one, but it's the ecology death right it revolves around a random encounter a, a quote-unquote random encounter yeah. and this is actually quite similar to yeah. your sean with his call of cthulhu yeah. things but just in general yeah so you look up the most powerful monster for the type of terrain the pcs are in right mm-hmm. and have a pack of them surround them you pretend you're rolling on a table but you aren't right you just uh, you have uh, it's, so if the players wonder why they're fighting a group of werebears or ents or both right you just go it's because you're in the forest bro like you're, that's where they live. But um, usually uh, in Savage Pathfinder, there's like four. Not months. all of this is about you, Sean. <laughs> we're giving yeah. we're giving our players and DMs oh, thank, listening thank tips to kill them. I'm just saying, <clears throat> I, this does seem like the sort of encounter that might occur in one of your games, and that's not a bad thing. It does feel like I'm uh, sort of on trial here. Well, well you are. You are. Um, no, but I, but but I'm just saying, like like. With this this advice to sort of kill PCs, you roll a random encounter. It's not actually random, but you have to pick the most powerful thing for the area they're in. Mm. If you if you go, oh, there's a fucking I don't know, a land shark in the forest. Well, they live in deserts typically, so it's not gonna. But you but owl bears and ants. If you're fighting eight eight a piece of those, there's no way the PCs are coming out of it. And this one is kind of more believable because you can just pretend that it was rolled by accident. And they might come back and say, you know, but we're only level one. And then you just hit them with this game as a realistic ecology. You know what I mean? The world isn't designed for you to win. It's designed to be realistic. That's where they live. Then you chuck 5e out the window and slap down hentai RPG or whatever. But, um, yeah. So that's the second bit of advice. Third one. And most of these are, are actually around, like... Um, similar advice, but you know, with different flavors. But for for that one, with the ecology, uh, just leg it, just run away, get to the nearest town, 
Yep. That is really the only way around it, isn't it? But run, like literally. What if you run. get a crit fire and trip up? Or well, that, that's where the way. Well, that's that. the eventuality that you're always going to run the risk of these. But if you, if your GM says, "Oh, you fight three out bears," yeah, right? No, nah, I'm out. No, nah, I'm out. Anything, a- anything. Actually, that's it. That's what you got to do. Anything above three enemies. Yeah. You're anything out. Anything bear based. Anything bear. Bears are not known for their peaceful nature. Owls, yeah. even less so. Yeah. You ever seen? Always that? asking who. <laughs> who am I going to kill <laughs> and have you ever seen one pick up a field mouse terrifying terrifying stuff third advice uh, use a Tarask so a Tarask is basically Godzilla right sort of but, um, <laughs> it's a monster that likely deserves its own episode right um, but here's the fun thing about Tarasks where do they live right oh, in, cities in a world right any world in any place they could do it all because you've seen in Godzilla He'll go through Tokyo. He'll smash it right up. Yeah, but, but then he returns back to the sea from whence he came. Yeah, like, where's he most happy, though? It's not really the city. It's not about him being happy. It's about him being really fucking annoyed. That's what you want from a Tarask if you're trying to kill your players. Yeah, true. true. Right, and what do they, basically, Tarask, what do they do, right? They do an awful lot, actually. But I'll just leave it with this. They can swallow giant-sized creatures whole and eat skyscrapers for seasoning. So, uh, and, and if I recall correctly, in first edition, at least, right... You literally can't hit them. That's just it. You just can't hit them. <laughs> and there's actually a possible misprint in D&D 1E where it says you can only hit a Tarask on a natural one, which is weird, right? Uh, and it's a really, really complex issue, but I'll save that for another episode. But there is one major issue with this monster. It will kill the PCs. That's just a fact. Uh, it's like Liam Nissan. It will find you, and it will destroy your sphincter. But the Tarasque is such a well-known and iconic monster with a reputation amongst role players that it's uh, usually only ever used to TBK players for a laugh, and everyone knows it. So just don't do that one. Uh, and even new players are likely to realise this because if you simply describe the size of the thing, you just say, "Right, this Godzilla-sized monster comes out to see." They they know. Yeah. They know they're about to be killed for a good oh, laugh. Right. Just start packing up the dice. So this it's not really a usable one, but it's worth mentioning because I think um, it's one a lot of DMs use, specifically overuse. So I put this more here to say this. Like, the Tarask plan is good, but you'll need to switch it out for something nobody has heard of or something that looks immediately less immediately threatening. And for some context, right, this would sort of be like just pulling out Cthulhu in a Call of Cthulhu campaign. Yeah. You could probably do it with any other monster. Put Formless Spawn in there. They still won't win. But if you bring out Cthulhu, people know you're fucking about. Now I really need to take a shit. So sorry. Is that monster energy? <laughs> <laughs> um, Carry on. <laughs> yeah, Harrison's gone for a poo. Um, so, oh dear, well, you just said that. Um, so, Actually, I'm going to see if any of this is actually going to be kept in. So if we just talk about the fact that is it going to be kept in or not, is Harrison actually going to listen to this section um, and then remove it? Uh, uh, no, he won't. He'll keep it in. I think it's all good podcasting, to be honest. Um, is it? Yeah, yeah. Just talking about the poo in his well, sphincter. I actually, I think that was the trigger word. Well, there's no dead air at all, so. Um, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> That's true. We should make some awkward dead air, should we? Yeah. Shot. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. 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 So, um, Sean did buy us monster this time round. For the podcast, so uh, yeah, I did. I wasn't sure with you guys. He's uh, he's it. learning. It's good, I'm, but but actually, I really appreciate it. Thanks. Oh, no worries. I'm man. super tired, so <laughs> I definitely needed it. Yeah, me too, man. 
I actually, I actually thought that. What? It really was out the door there. Oh my god! We were like talking the whole time you were going anyway. Cool, what's going on? Nothing much, man. Nothing much. Were you talking about anything relevant to the? You were having a go at me, weren't you? I'm gonna listen to this back. No one. Um, right. Not, not really. No, we just sort, sort of, of we sort of we had a little bit of a joke. Tried to make a. Oh, there's no dead air, and then we was like, should we put some awkward silence in it? We silence for a bit. Ah, it sounds funny. Bit JP. Yeah. Bit JP. Yeah. I mean, sorry about that, lads. But I mean, it really. I was trying to hold it until we took a break. <laughs> I realised it was just futile. It was really painful. <laughs> um. All right. Yeah. So that that is pretty. Oh no, I've got another one. Go on. Oh yeah. Method four: the impossible DC. Right. So this one involves uh, people who use secret difficulty checks in RPGs, meaning that when the players are tasked with something, the DM keeps the, the difficulty number a secret, right? Instead of saying you need to get 15 or higher to succeed. It's a fine way of running a game as long as you describe how difficult something looks, right? Yeah. So, but uh, thankfully, right, this means that you can just decide that a PC fails. Now, I, I have never done that, right? Except for if you've really annoyed me. And uh, if... <laughs> if, uh, if you've looked at you once. If you looked at me once or if you shitted in my toilet. Oh, that's all of us. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, so I've only done I've only done it a few thousand times, right? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I do actually know a guy that does this all the time. All the time. I don't think he listens to this. It's no, right. just crack on. It's fine. Just in uh, case. Okay. It's not Darry. Uh, and uh, now I will say that telling the DC to your players and rolling openly, I do believe now, um, sort of leads to a more tense game. But we're not talking about running a fair game here. We're talking about killing PCs, right? So, so what you do is like you have an impossible DC. See, the highest you can do in D&D, at least according to the rulebook, is 25, right? Mm. And that's really hard to hit. You might, most characters will need to crit to hit that, right? Yeah. So uh, let's say, for example, a typical thing, they've got, there's a lava pool and they need to jump over it, swing over it, uh, whatever, right? Uh, you just think, you don't even think of a difficulty number. Whatever they roll, they're failing and they're dying immediately. End of. <laughs> Best, I mean, do it with a bottomless pit or something like this. Uh, and, you know, happy days. Another good one is that there are certain monsters, I think in D&D First Edition, Mind Flayers, they yeah. can drain levels. And once you get to like level minus one, you essentially just turn back into like a sperm and then just die. Wow. So, yeah, I mean, that's it. The impossible DC. Don't do it to all the players at once. Just be like, just throughout the dungeon, you've got to pepper them in there. Just be like, oh, yeah, sadly, <laughs> you make a pitiful jump into the flames. And then it's like... Well, I've got quite a good, good idea for, you know, how you're saying there's like a, a pool of lava or a... a never-ending hole and stuff like that a pretty decent idea would be to give players no leverage anywhere so it's got to be ruthless there's no walls about so they can't hacker themselves to anything and make themselves safe so the only way to get across would be to jump so that means just you know like uh all know, the walls have been like greased up beforehand so there's yeah. no there's no putting so it's really dank this like yeah it's really sheer surfaces and all this stuff and you just describe it to them and be like the only way to get over it is to jump knowing that their jump distance uh, literally will not carry them that far yeah 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 because yeah. I mean what is it jump is like half your movement right or whatever I can't remember what it is but like yeah that's it you've got to make it so that it's there is nowhere to adhere a rope to there's no yeah. if you build a bridge it burns immediately in the lava yeah and then where everybody that tries to jump across <laughs> you're like oh you made a pitiful jump into the flames it's like but I got a crit and you're like yeah but it, you, you did it got you two extra squares but it's just not big it's enough. just not good enough sorry lads all right, 
packing up for the day. See, good idea. Yeah, good to be, idea. <clears throat> to be fair, with uh, difficulty checks, um, I don't think people actually know the levels of difficulty because, like, for example, ten is medium, fifteen is hard, twenty yeah. is very hard, um, twenty-five is legendary. Yeah, exactly. Um, oh, I mean, so like, no one knows. No him. one knows him, though. Um, no one knows him. No, they don't really. I mean, like they don't know the measurement of it, if that makes sense. Like, I, I do know what you mean. Yeah, fifteen, fifteen, like is to try and break down a door or like a steel door or something crazy like that. So yes, yeah. like you know. But um, in Savage Worlds, I might like I'm, I'm, I'll keep it a secret, but like I'll say, all right, you're gonna need it's a full. raise. You're gonna need a raise on that or something. Well, sometimes we um, we just yeah, and, and it's fine to do this because of the way Sean runs his campaign. But sometimes we just out ask out and out ask. Right, what's his toughness? And then it means we know what we've got to succeed. Therefore, we have a target number that we're all gunning for, and it makes it really entertaining because I, I, th- I think it, I think I also think it makes sense though because like yeah, we just ask to, it's to just keep the game really flowing. Yeah, but I think it's okay to give out stats like that that are like more abstract because it's like at the end of the day you're going to be able to just size it up and know that it looks yeah. a certain level I mean, of toughness yeah. and to be honest a few times Sean hasn't told us but we've just worked it out because of the previous roles we've had like, alright most of the times you just work it out innit? Yeah. it's like alright I've, I've uh, succeeded and then it's like how much damage do I get and you work it out from there innit? Yeah. yeah yeah so but it's um, it is an interesting concept of withholding like Certain. The thing is, up until recently, I realistically I've run a lot of D and D based games in that way, and I don't I don't think it's bad to withhold the numbers. I mean, it's sort of a side point here because you're if you're describing it, so the players are kind of trying to figure out that number by themselves. Yeah. But then I do think just for like if you're adventurers, you're gonna know the the sort of level of a situation, right? Yeah, and it's also so. For instance, if you were one mark away from succeeding. In a situation where you're not told uh, the number to of achievement, then you could just be like, all right, well, I'll just give up. Whereas if you know that you're one away, then, uh, for instance, in Savage Worlds, it would force the players to spend bennies if they've got them. Or uh, level up that stat next time they level up. Yeah, it just yeah. makes them more aware of, well, you could have made it. I you think that's yeah, it. but if you but then but yeah, as I said, if you if you are the type of person that keeps it secret, it's a lot easier to kill your players yeah. for a laugh. That is it for pretty much my advice, Sean. You got any? Sure, you got loads, right? It, it wasn't me. Shut up. Have you got any advice, though, Sean? Uh, any got... advice on killing players, uh, characters, and making it look like an accident? Yeah, just just flip the table. Um, sorry. Uh, right, I spent like an hour tip. writing mine up. This is this is not a comedy show. Okay. Stop uh, trying to be funny, because this because this is not funny, and not it never laugh. has been. It's not a laugh. Okay. It's, um, it's not a laugh. It's not a game. Well, well, Sean thinks just because he's obviously put on the spot, but do think. I've, please, I've just, please think. I've just um I've just thought of one. Is use um some monster stats from a completely different system that you know is is really overpowered, and just slap it in there, and then uh just. Put it down on a bit of paper, and if anyone asks, you just be like, "Well, they're the stats." But yeah, they, you I, don't expect them to look it up. Just you know, name it something different. Yeah, because if know. they see the page right there, yeah. So what you do is you take take the stats like if you're playing DCC, yeah. take the fifth edition stats, change the font yeah. all to the PDF, print out that page, and be like, "Well, there they are, mate." 
Or just, you know, just make some notes and be like, well, they're just the stats from the book. Yeah, you, you yeah. just say the book. Yeah. So, so for instance, you did one. Yeah, they don't know which the so, book you're talking about. Yeah. like your campaign, James. He, no, he only ever used one the book. Actually, he said the book quite a lot. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's quite a good idea though man yeah yeah just like bring a genie out bring out a bard bard rogue player. so anyway have you thought of anything sean <laughs> no, so, no, no, yeah if, james james don't no, you start mocking him no really he has contributed so much actually funnily enough that was probably the thought that you had was the same thought i had so that's a good thought oh don't uh, do that don't no, uh, back. just want to say uh, i completely agree with everything that's been so far. <laughs> um, good contribution yeah, though. No, so i wish i went first now but yeah good thought <laughs> Um, so that's it is it for my I I spent 10 to 12 minutes writing this up oh, and you, your advice is on the I agree time. with everything James just said uh, well I, if I had some advice I would give it uh, yeah I mean like to be fair there's not much really like, like you've covered all the bases you know I've got um, I've just uh, quite ahead one. of its time uh, I've thought of another one but that could just make a campaign last for much longer but in the end it would end up killing the players you know when they go down a dungeon uh, make it one of those labyrinths so it's always changing and it's hard to get out so they're basically stuck in there have to fight their way eventually they'll die yeah oh yeah so they, they like make the as soon as one, the, the trap get, is, get in and then they can't they can't remember how to get out something happens they, yeah or the, the exit changes that's yeah. part of the feature oh, no, of the dungeon uh, there's a trap that you didn't find while yeah. you fall down it there's some spikes yeah. yeah that kind of stuff just lay it in and then just be like yeah well you say going down the north section and then uh, there's a small tunnel you can crawl in there oh we're dying we better go back to the village Oh, you can't Where's remember the, the direction. Oh, Roll the D12. No, that's not the correct direction. You just inhaled some uh, dungeon mold. Yeah. Uh, well, also, tacking onto that, what if you have a room in your dungeon where, you know, the classic, you go into the room, the stone doors suddenly clang shut, a yeah. monster comes out of the darkness. It's and really them. dark. You it's really dark. Five beholders. Oh, yeah. End of story. Oh, but what's the puzzle for opening the door? Oh, kill the beholders. Exactly. And you're not going to win. I just thought of another one, actually. See, oh, James, this is good this stuff. This is good. This, this is, is good, good stuff. This is, um, you're really, you're really, oh, can I say this? What? You're really knocking out of the park today. Oh, you really geez, are. Mate. Good work. No, but this is, this is quite a good one, which I don't think anyone Can I just say? Used. I agree with everything you just said. Oh, brilliant. Thank you. But I don't think people have used it to this degree, at least, <laughs> is um, ask your players randomly, depending on what race they are, to roll a constitution and don't tell them why. And if you so you're like, excuse me, uh, Jerome. Yeah. What race are you? And no. he's like, <laughs> <laughs> no. And then um, and then uh, essentially it's just like, oh yeah, you uh, suffer a uh, what's it, a heart attack? You did. Yeah. That kind of shit. It's like, well, you are mortal, and that can happen. You've been eating badly. Listen, a lot this. of people. <laughs> you've been eating badly this whole campaign. Yeah. Lot of fried foods. <laughs> it's quite good point. though, isn't that it? That is a good idea. You just pop out and they're like, like, what? A character smokes and you're like, sorry, mate. It's got lung cancer. cancer. Terminal. <laughs> generally, if you think it's one of those fast-acting cancers. You've got roll a d5. If you three th- minutes to live. If you think about that, adventures eat generally quite healthily. I mean, generally, but when you're on the trail, right? When you're out there in the thick of things, when, when you you're have on to the eat trail, though, you get your hands. On. It's trail rations. It's like seeds, dried meats, cheeses. But then you get back to the town. What does everyone eat? Hot fried dogs, chicken, and fried yeah, chicken. They eat fucking like kings. Yeah. So you're you're absolutely right, Sean. You got anything to add? I was just having a bit about a fried chicken. No, no, yeah, you did say you did say fried chicken. <laughs> that much. You, no, but have you got any? Have you got any methods you want to add? Like, 
Or would you say, now, this is just just a wild stab in the dark, which is what you might get if you don't contribute, but uh, would you say that you agree completely with everything we've said up to this point? No. Oh, controversial. Mostly, because I don't feel like I should be under the the looking glass or Sean mate you're a host on the podcast and what do you yeah. mean uh, look, look we're not folk with this this segment was an idea brought about because of you but we like your campaign yeah, however the point is your campaign we, this isn't deadly. all examining if you've done any of these then you're in trouble uh, but uh, we're not actually saying that you have this isn't all about you right however we're not I uh, just right just come up with something now right alright yeah. like a really good like a really good idea alright so so uh, going back to the food thing um, you get you get, uh, someone forages um, they fail the check oh my god they've eaten some bloody poison ivy that looks like well you, I don't yeah. know how you eat poison ivy well, that's, that's, yeah that's, that's good you've redeemed you've, like, like you've redeemed yourself and, you've redeemed yourself well, we bad do, berries you could do that in many settings like if they go back to the village or the town and then they're just like you know go to a restaurant and be like oh yeah eat that thing um, someone's poisoned it it was meant for someone else but the player dies there, yeah, there you go. And you look one table over, and that yeah. guy's that guy's like eating, and, he, and he, he's got a big evil mustache. He's like, oh, <laughs> looks like I dodged a bullet. Goodbye, Batman. And the yeah. character dies, and he's like, Nani. Nani. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, cool. So <laughs> that's, a, that's great advice. Has anyone ever done this with the poison food thing? Just in general, have you, have you just sat there at your table, seeped out to kill the players? Um, so let us know. So you can just start your next campaign. Yeah, yeah. So I just want you know, I just want to understand how to kill the players. I think we've, I think we've covered most of the bases here. Yeah. Uh, if I may borrow from uh, one of Sean's suggestions, I agree with everything you said, James. Oh yeah, good. Oh, uh, oh, that's good. We're all like nice. Yeah, this is lovely, isn't it? But yeah. no, Sean. Seriously though, this wasn't a lens meant to be like Sean does all these shit things. Yeah, it's yeah. just that we routinely die, and it made me think, oh, this is a good idea for an episode. Yeah, I'm just being stupid, really. Like, but yeah. Yeah. Just having a laugh, it? Just, just having a laugh, you know. Oh, and here's a really shit one, sorry, that the players won't die, but it essentially ends the campaign naturally, which is they go to a city, they get get held captive by a king, they can't get out. Yeah, you Done. get they get their mistaken identity. It turns yeah. out all of the player characters' evil twins had also started yeah. up a rival party and they're wanted outlaws. The king captures you thinking you're them, you're put in prison for five years, maximum Chuck security. Chuck them down the moon door or whatever, you know. Yeah, that's ch- <laughs> yeah, that's it. Chuck them down an infinite hole. That's as good as a death. But also, there's uh, the the you could they could go on a drive in the carriage or whatever. And then uh, suddenly an owlbear's crossing the road. <laughs> or or a, dr- a drunk driver's coming the opposite way. Yeah. yeah. Or Robin Hood comes along. Arrow in the face. Yeah. Dead. Dead. Yeah. yeah. You never saw him because he's one of the world's greatest snipers. Yeah. Shoots the driver. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> That's it. That's the noise the arrow's making as it plunges into your skull. <laughs> Shall we do um shall we do shit farter and then we'll get on to your electro letters. Yeah. If you have any suggestions for killing player characters in amusing ways or uh to uh, in a way that you won't get found now, let us know. Or if you agree with everything I've said, let us know. Then you're probably Sean, and if so, <laughs> shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> right, shit farter.
Bloody shit, Vater. Thing is, I don't like to cover in the news uh, Kickstarters because it's not really news, is it? It's basically nothing. Uh, but so people send uh, amusing or shit Kickstarters to our Discord server quite a lot, and I thought do a new do a new segment covering the bad ones, right? Or try and see if they are as shit as they sound, and they're probably going to be. Um, so the first one is going to be uh, there's one called Too Hot One Shot um, <laughs> so coming from Fireball Forge this is a one shot made for 5e that involves drinking hot sauce or eating spicy food um, but we just enjoyed that is this a Kickstarter? I certainly would. Yeah, wow. as as you might have heard in the uh, in the name of the segment there, no, in my no, description but, of the segment. My shock. Sorry, I was a bit shocked that this was. Sorry. Yeah, a lot of people use Kickstarter. Sean, it's really yeah, going no, places. It's quite as bad. Yeah. Support Yog Ventures now. Um, so I've never really been a fan of challenges imposed on players affecting the outcome of their characters, and this is a stupid idea. At least they had to make... Uh, the, so, the two hot, one shot. They had the forethought to make it just a single adventure. And when I say single adventure, I mean it's a three to four hour session. So you might ask, why kickstart something that could easily be made without a cash injection? And to you, I say, good point. It's a dumb idea. And also, it's not very funny either, right? The Wendy's RPG did similar things where you could buy Wendy's, right? And it would give you character bonuses. But it was also not really meant to be played, and it, and you also got bonuses for eating a delicious Wendy's, which is which is a lot more fun than being uncomfortable and not being able to actually concentrate on the game because you've eaten two million Scoville hot sauce, right? Yeah. I don't know. The adventure is definitely not going to be the focus of that night. If you want to meet up with your mates and just eat really hot things for a laugh and film their reactions, just do that. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, two hot one shot shit farter. Uh, the next one is going to be. Actually, yeah. But before we go on to the next one, what do you guys think of that idea? Dumb. Yep. It's a one-page one-shot. Uh, why do people have to pay for it? Just fucking write it down on a napkin. That's what you're. <laughs> yeah. Why do people literally have to be told everything? Isn't it? Like, why, like, why, yeah, why, like you say, why can't you just? That adventure go... could have just been made in an afternoon, released on Drive for RPG for a fiver. Well, the thing yeah. is, it was made in an afternoon. They just want a big fat ton of money to make it like attempt to make it seem cool. Yeah. It's because of all the, um, you know, the big boom of all the hot sauce challenge shows that they've got online and stuff. They're just trying to piggyback on that. A lot of mukbangs out there. Like, and the thing is, like, the the promotional video. I was watching this, and the the Kickstarter is so thin and vague that I, I saw a video on there, and I was like. Uh, maybe I try and watch this, understand a bit more about it. It's just one of the playtesters eating a two million Scoville pepper and then running about shouting. I mean, that's like sort of funny, but it's, it would be funny doing it with your mates. But the RPG is irrelevant at that point. How are you going to concentrate when that's going on? And it's good, you're going to have to all wear those Tommy TP dribble catchers as well. Not me, mate. I'm hard as fuck. But yeah, so that's uh, too hard one, too hard one shot. Next one's going to be lewd dungeon adventures. And if you thought the first one was stupid, strap in. So this one, on. I like the title. <laughs> yeah, of course he does. <laughs> I like t- uh, can I? Can you give me the website address? I know not to go there, please. Uh, so this one comes from a bloke called Phoenix Grey, right? And it's a tabletop role-playing game for couples featuring the least evocative, oh. most generic cover I have ever seen, where some adventurers fight a monster. Oh, I've yay! Actually heard of this? It's- of course, of course you have. Sorry, I've actually, I've actually heard it. Like somebody told, like a mate told me. No, it wasn't even my mate. Like no, because um, I someone said like, well, you know, other good RPGs there are for couples. All of them. None whatsoever. Yeah. Well, good point. Yeah. But also the thing about it is, is that yeah, don't ever bring your spouse to a game because you will give her the best magical items or him. You know, whatever you're into, whatever floats your boat, or a dog. Look. 
So supposedly the writer was so bad at satisfying his wife that he decided to gamify his uh, adult encounters with her, apparently. Although I doubt this is true. She loved the game, and uh, he decided to go to Kickstarter with it. Now, here's the concept, right? It's a generic fantasy with almost no rules, right? But the world is about some deities that give intimacy magic to people. In the game, the DM plays the deity, and his partner is the player character, right? When the character dies, for no reason, the player must then engage in a sexual act with the dungeon master to not die. In real life. We're like, oh, okay. Now, firstly, this game is the uh, same as the last one. Things happening in a different universe entirely somehow affecting the characters in the game. Secondly, D&D is easily, you know, the least sexy thing in the world, right? Thirdly, if you die and you aren't up for it, you know, you're just going to die. So, uh, fourthly, the system is so simple, there are no stats for basically anything except for hit points and races. And lastly, if the only way you can convince your wife to have sex with you is by threatening their in-game character with death, she's probably already sleeping with the milkman. And also, uh, like, if yeah, if it's your birthday. So, I mean, I guess it's a good excuse to get this out, you know, maybe have some... It's not a good excuse. It's a bad excuse. This is terrible. Imagine right. sitting there, imagine sitting at a table, right? And then, like... Sean, you like, oh, yeah, the character's about to die. Suck me off. And I'd be like, what the fuck? No, off? it would be bad. You'd be like, oh, wait, with... Uh, but Look, I'm not, not, happy about not it. again. I've already done it. <laughs> oh, we've been doing this for years. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, it's, no. stu- it's stupid. Why don't you? But just... I just, I don't think. I don't, has there ever been a single? Ah, oh, actually, I do know of somebody. Why don't you just go and play some? I was going to say, has there ever been anyone that's ever found somebody dungeon mastering to be sexy at the time where they're doing it, right? What and about the uh, that Tom Hanks? Phil's dad. Phil's dad. Is yeah, his uh, mum said that he was really sexy when he DMs. I've seen him DM and I can and it's true. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. What about the Tom, like Tom Hanks's mate in that film, innit? She was RPGs. That's a different film entirely. Uh oh, you you were thinking of Mazes and Monsters, right? But the one with the RPG one with uh, Mistress whatever Mistress Frost, that was yeah. Dead Dark Dungeons, was I it? Mean, yeah. Yeah. She, she's she's not looked at an RPG before, but she like in the film she was a GM, innit? Yeah, I mean, look, if any, if a DM was that sexy, I would consider playing this. <laughs> the trouble is, isn't they aren't. None of them are. That's but just it, a fact. I'm sorry, I don't mean to stereotype, but, you know, DMs, you are fat. You I'm, are unattractive. I'm quite fat. I'm one, so I know. I'm, I'm one, at least one of those things, and it's not fat, so... But, yeah, like, why, with your uh, couple... Uh, what, what, like uh, with your spouse? Why don't you just go and play an RPG together? Or just gonna, or just see just, yeah, just the RPG, like a nice bonding exercise, and then like, bondage maybe. exercise. See, uh, that's what they're trying to bring to the table with this Kickstarter. Uh, and then just yeah, but the thing is, but also playing a one-on-one game is never actually that fun. Just go home and like drink some whiskey afterwards. And drink then... some whiskey, pretend there's someone else, and close your eyes. Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> right, shit fatter, uh, shit fatter. Right, let's do some electrolytes. In the future, you will be able to send a letter or parcel from anywhere on the planet. This, sir, is the Electro Letter. Uh, Sean once again has gone missing. We've I don't really a... understand what he does. No, like... he does this every time. Every time we go for a break, he suddenly goes missing. He's like popping off to the shops or something. Uh... Electro Letters, this is your correspondence. We ask for your questions over on the Discord server. If you want to do the same, go to Discord, search us up, or the uh, Discord link 
is in the description of all our episodes and that so click on that it's a good laugh there are some good people in there there's some not so good people in there mm. Greg he says uh, why do northerners our areas oh you just oh you decided to show up, up have you? oh well started, we well where, where have you been we're having a break I was like going to the li- to, to, to the, the library the, the break ends I was going Har- to the library the break ends when Harrison enters the room that's it yeah that's right because I'm nearest the recording button when that's pressed mate so what's the question why uh, Greg he says oh fuck you know uh, he says why do northerners make savoury puddings well like Yorkshire pudding yeah. Um, it's not really a pudding. Though. Oh, bloody hell. She's back. Millie's at the door. Go on in. Come on in. Announcement. Yep. SavageCon, April 2023. Get your bookings in now. Really? What, a live one? Yeah, we're doing it. We're doing it. Millie's going to help this time. I can't wait. So prepare for it to be much more professional. Yeah, be much, much, much better. You're not on a microphone though, Mill. So, uh, well, uh, if you just could Are just... Are you trying to poo-poo on our efforts? Saying it's much, much, much better. To, uh, at, at the very least, the graphics going to be better because Millie's got an art degree. <laughs> Good. The graphics. Right. Is, so do the, the graphics is wicked. <laughs> do nobody's going to get that <laughs> reference. Do do um do another announcement, please, so that like people can hear it. Don't move them. Ah, oh, she's. Announcement: Savage Con coming to a town near you or far away from you, April 2023. It's the UK's only Savage Worlds convention. Uh, April 2023 it's going to be 15th and 16th 15th being an in-person day 16th being online thank you very much Woo-hoo. Savage Pie Finder boom boom be there or be shaped like a D20 well, nice what if I helped organise it would it make no. things worse no you're banned <laughs> 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 no I will be running like at least two games so. no, sweet be... that'd be nice yeah. Savage Pie Finder thank you cheers Mills she's giving me a thumbs up from the door uh, savory puddings, uh, yeah, like Yorkshire puddings. Uh, it's not really a pudding. Not no, it's not. But strictly. it is shit. It is rubbish. It's not a savory. James, pudding. what's your opinion? What are you, what are you doing there? So this is the <laughs> sort of going. Uh, what's to... your opinion on Yorkshire puddings, James? You like um, them? Um, but you're I'm, a man of. I don't really, don't really mind. Um, I, I don't. It's not something I typically have in a roast that I make. But if it's going. Yeah, I never have them with the roast I make. So if they're sort of there, I have them. But I'm, I'm not too fussed. Oh, mate. To be honest, I'm really not fussed about them. They're because pretty... Yorkie poods, so they're the same thing as what a toad in the hole is, right? Yeah, but toad in the hole at least has got sausages in it. Yeah, so yeah, I prefer toad in the hole over a Yorkie pood. Yeah, same. Do you go have like a nice... Toad in the hole with gravy and a full roast. Now we're talking. Do you go have like a um, Yorkshire pud with like... This has got to be nice and crispy. Fill it with gravy and then cut it and then the gravy sort of spills out lovingly. Alternatively though, you can skip that step by simply not having one and pouring the gravy all over your food. Go have a Yorkshire pud. They suck. Uh, but yes, Northerners savoury puddings. I don't know why, but uh, Northerners are scum. It's not really savoury pudding though. Can we say that? It's just called that. It's just... It's just called a pudding. Are there any other puddings that go with... Black pudding. Yeah, black... See, that's another thing. It's not really a pudding, though. Yeah, it's not really a northern... See, it's neither is a Yorkie pudding. See, it's got, like... I know, like... Black, quite... uh, black pudding is well good, though. Yeah, it is banging. It's it quite common. Blood sausage. I mean, Americans, again... Like, it is quite intricate. You don't really understand exactly... It's... In what way is a Yorkshire pudding intricate? No, like, the sort of culture, because it's a pudding. It's not... I mean, it's called a Yorkshire pudding, but it's not a pudding. A black pudding is... It's called not a dessert... That... No, yeah, but it. But yeah, it is, that's what you mean. <laughs> but it is, I think it's called that because you because uh, you're putting it on your plate. Yeah, yeah. That's it's most yeah. things. Most yeah. items. Like Americans don't. Have yeah, yeah, yeah. So either. I, I, when I make a nice, you know, roast beef, 
I call it beef pudding. Yeah. Because I'm pudding it on the plate and then putting it in my mouth, isn't it? Some butter. Got some gravy pudding. Butter. Uh, he follows up with a question. Uh, he simply says, Greg? Question mark. And uh, the answer is yes. No, the answer is Greg. The answer is we, I think we need to stray away from in-jokes here, but uh, go over to the Discord if you want to be uh, uh, in on the Greg phenomenon. You know, I should probably start joining in at least once. Can we talk about, like, can we talk about the Tottenham cakes at Greg's? What is a Tottenham cake? It says little cakes with a pink icing on top. Why is it called a Tottenham cake? Um, Could have made in Tottenham. I guess so. Yeah. For um, but um, they, they should bring those back. I think if we're talking about Greg's. I haven't been to Greg's in a long time. No, but we're talking when... about Greg, not uh, Greg's. Oh, the Goblin. Okay. <laughs> oh, the Greg the Goblin, not Greg's the food chain. Fucking Sean. Do you hear about when uh, how the fuck did you make? I didn't even get what he was going on about. Yeah, that's it. It took us a while to figure out. Like, how did you get onto that piece? (laughs) For those that don't know, Greg's is like um, it's a chain of bakeries. It's a chain of bakeries, but it's sort of also like a church or religious experience for builders. Yes, and that's classism. So suck it <laughs> CJ he says he says have you considered a Savage Pathfinder game where you keep Greg the idiot goblin alive while he fulfills his destiny and before I saw this question no but now yes that sounds like a great idea for a yeah, game it sounds like a Greg idea like instead of being um, instead of being like you're the fated hero of light and you've got to save the world you've got the fated hero of light and he happens to be a fucking idiot <laughs> yeah uh, well wait a second that's the entire storyline out of Preacher is it yeah, Jesus is an idiot. Yep. Like an actual... Well, you can't say that. Uh, this es- is a Christian fundamental podcast. Escort missions are always annoying, though. Yeah, but I think this would be funny. Though. It'll be good for, like, a one-shot. Yeah, yeah, definitely. definitely. Yeah, ruffle cop. Better- yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, just bear that in mind for your uh, Savage Con games there, Sean. Uh, the Greg Man, he says, planes, trains, or automobiles. What's your favourite? Uh, Boats. James, <laughs> you got you got to stay. You got to stay with. I say planes because I I also like trains. I'm I. The thing is, I'm a bit of a bit of a lover of a long journey, especially because I don't know why I like it. I love going on a plane. I love going on a train. No, love no it. one is crampy. Like on the train, you can get a significantly more comfortable than you can a plane. Uh, but you see, I uh, in like economy what, class. What about a pickup is. truck with a pig in the back of it? That's an automobile. So yeah. you, is that what so, you're going for? Are you, you are you talking are you talking about planes, trains, and automobiles? The film where he goes in a pickup truck with a pig in it. Yeah, and like his baby comes out sideways and that. And yeah, you know, yeah. yeah, good, good film. film. Uh, yeah, but I like a plane. I I got to be honest. I even like the cramped ones. I, I, no, because you know what it is. It's on a plane because the environment is so loud and there's a lot of waiting around. Oh, there's a lot of white noise. But uh, there's a lot of white noise, meaning that you're very likely to be communicated with. Or against, if, and, and also it's like there are no, there's no Wi-Fi, there's no phones, and everyone can just shut the fuck up for a minute. I get my PSP out, I play a game for five hours, happy days, if love it. If we are talking seriously, um, the uh, everyone in this country hates the trains because they're like always late and they're old and smelly and stuff. Well, that was funny because yeah. I've been on a lot of like when I went to Derby, for instance, right? Derby, uh, I went up there on a on a train that was five hours. It was one stop, but it was a five hour train. And I loved it because it was like clean. It was nice. There was hardly any people on there. Loved it. But the thing is, um, I remember when we were coming back from Birmingham and I was going to stay an extra night and get the train back. 
ended up going home earlier and went home with James. But I was like, I was really looking forward to the train journey. But you got on it, and it was like basically like a mega bus on wheels, wasn't oh, it? It was so cramped and dirty, and yeah, very uncomfortable. For those that don't know, a mega bus in the UK is a really, really dirt cheap way of travelling. Yeah, and you get a really old dirty stinky coach for about but you can travel a 10 hour journey for about 10 quid see i'm quite a fan of the national express um national express is a bit nicer than a mega bus though isn't it it yeah, costs a lot more isn't a mega bus double deckered they can be oh it is yeah i've been on and one. you can get sleeper mega buses as well which is just horrible because oh, why would you do that well and also the amount of space you're sleeping on a shelf yeah so if you want to get changed into pajamas it ain't happening so you're sleeping in jeans which is like the worst thing ever well you have to get changed into your nundies in the aisle before yeah, yeah. or whatever uh, and the i heard a story once filthy. the mean, toilets they either don't filthy. work or they're disgusting uh, uh, when I went to um, ShakeOn, the previous UK's only Savage Worlds convention, but it, uh, one of the uh, organisers stole money and then it went under. But um, I went on a mega bus and it was 10 hours to get to Sheffield. Icky. It was fucking horrible. 10 hours without a piss. I had, uh, I had bloody, well, I'm not going to say who I was with, but I had someone with me. The toilet didn't work, so it was 10 hours without a piss. And then when we got there, it was another two hours in a cab to get to where we needed to go anyway from what? the bus station. Yeah, it was insane. It was horrible. It wasn't worth it because Sheffield, that, no offence to who, you lot. Who planned the journey? Uh, well, I did. Oh, uh, thing is, I, no, <laughs> no, but originally I was going to go on the train, right? Yeah, just but one of our party, trash. he didn't want to go on the train because he wanted to save money. The train was a hundred quid, right, to get to Sheffield, and it would but have it was, been how much quicker? It, uh, like an hour to get there, or something like this. But it was ten hours on the coach. It was horrible. It was horrible. And look, look, no offense to you, to Manuel, because um, I went there with my friend Manuel, and he's lovely, and I really like him. But do you know when you're on a ten-hour journey, you need somebody to hang out with with whom you can just be you can just shut up for a bit oh that's why you like travelling with me yeah because we've been <laughs> mates for so long that if if we know that we just want a bit of peace and quiet we'll just sit and watch the TV for a bit or yeah. whatever like when we were sat in an airport for seven hours because we because uh, we weren't allowed onto our flight um, because we were you know we were on what would what, you call it it was um, watch list no wait not the watch list wait list to get one of those free seats yeah or those it, cheap seats sorry exactly so um but it was sort of fine because it was me and you. We just sort of sat there. I was reading a book for a bit. You were watching Initial D on your phone or something. Yeah. But like, but like, yeah, because the seven-hour thing to Sheffield, that was the first time I'd ever met him in person. So I felt a bit bad just wanting to be quiet for a bit. Yeah, so it's on- like, oh, now I need to talk to you and it's going to expend my social battery, which is going to eat up my ability like to do anything during a convention exactly and it's not unpleasant seeing him but it was just like so on the way back i did just pretend to be asleep for about five hours <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I, I yeah but planes planes are my my i, I hate car journeys i I'll, don't know why i I'll, just hate them i'll tell you if you're going to travel <clears throat> long distances uh in the uk or like sort of semi-long i'd recommend the national express because it's a bit cheaper it's not filthy i mean although it was annoying one time when i came back from birmingham and they changed my national express to a mega bus Oof. Yeah. that's rough and the, the queues for it it's like being in prison isn't it because it's so crowded and you're in like this really cramped bus station it stinks oh mate yeah mega buses but everyone's everyone's got to use them at some point you know, it's, ten, it's only 10 hours to get to Sheffield, which is the worst place in the country. But it's funny because like a, a, a short journey, a long journey for us is like a short journey for an American. It's like a two and a half hour drive here. That's a road that's trip. Far. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like like when we went to Birmingham and you 
yeah. James graciously drove us. It was like that was that for us. That's like a road trip. It was like yeah, got to have your shit prepared, got your water, your paracetamol, big breakfast, your nice breakfast. Yeah, yep. Yeah, no that. piss stops. Oh, mate, that was the worst bit. Man. People don't know this about Sean, but he's got the bladder of a five-year-old well, this girl. This is why when we come back from a fucking break, or like they, they came back from outside, Sean is nowhere to be seen. He pisses about every ten minutes. And then James was like, look, we've got to get her on time to UK Games Expo, so we're not having any piss breaks. Sean looked genuinely scared. <laughs> um, I needed to pee about 45 minutes in. But uh, you didn't want to say anything. And it was funny, because then on the way back, right, I really needed to piss, but I didn't want to say anything, because James was driving. And then we got to near the services and James was like right we're pulling in here and I was like oh thank Christ That's what I, was gonna <laughs> I mean we not only did we stop for a piss but we I think yeah we, Burger King or something yeah we like I think we got like a drink from McDonald's had a cigarette like well I did sounds lovely yeah. oh it's great really made the trip you know you should have been there man instead of on that smelly train <sighs> Anyway, uh, yeah, that is that. That is that. Well, that was a real side piece. That was it really it? was. <laughs> uh, the Greg man follows up. He says, "What sort of percentage breakdown would you give players who want nothing more than new races, classes, etc., for their games versus players who focus more on interesting characters using the core class and races? What percentage break? See, I would say it's got probably much higher balance towards people that want new races and classes because you look at how many third party and first party races are there for D and D, right?" It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. I mean, you've got dog people, cat people, bear people. Like, yeah, there's every type of race you... Fucking... I played in a campaign once where not a single person was human. But, um... We had, we had a guy that was a Ganazi. I think that's how you pronounce it. A Ganazi. Um... Uh, we, had, we had two tabaxi. cat people. Two. Tabaxi. No, no, that's a Tabaxi. There's a Ganazi as well, oh, which okay. is like a water person. Ah, uh, we had a crow. We had a crow man. We had a bugbear. Like, not a single person was a human on this thing. And it's like... But I can bet there was no depth to any of those characters. Oh, no. Oh, Lord, no. Well, this is the thing. Like, if you know that your uh, players tend to make quite in-depth characters, then fuck it, let them have their fill. But if you think they're all shallow and it's just like, oh, I would be a cat person because lol pussy, uh, then <laughs> no, uh, just restrict it and just say, right, these are the only ones you get. Only then, core, yeah. Yeah, and then it'll be like, well, it means that you could possibly balance it better by that regard and be like uh, you know the way I'm playing this game is that we can only have one of each race it's four players four races to choose from yeah that's cool I mean the, the thing is character options are all well and good right but sometimes there's there's like there's too many and some of them are too one note like the crow character I can't remember what the race is called in 5e but the crow characters they don't actually have the ability to speak they can only repeat things they've previously heard like a parrot right mm. so it's like if they want to say something, they can compose sentences uh, consisting entirely of things they've heard. So it'll be like, they ask, you know, the barkeep, have you got a bed for the night? And he'd be like, have you got a bed for the night? And it's like really annoying. And it gets in the way of actually making a decent character. So, but I mean, I'm running MCC next, right? Mm. That actually only has four races, similar to DCC, but race is class, same as DCC. So it's like you've got four human classes, but you've got, but then you've got uh, plantian, manimal, and mutant on top of that. Yeah, this is the thing as well in MCC is all the mutations are the thing that affects you. And that's it. So you're still you're still picking from those archetypes, and and it still gives players more they have to actually come up with a decent character to make them different but then also you've got so many player options because if you're playing a mutant 
one mutant is never going to be the same as another yeah. unless there's some sort of miraculous role. I mean, you could have wings, laser eyes, and tiny legs or whatever, right? Do you know what I mean? Great. To be honest, there's <clears throat> a good reason why there's only like the seven classic races are the best ones, to be fair. Well, I mean, I was, we were talking about this the other night because it's like fantasy really as we know it today comes from fairy tales right and the things that the, the races that you see they're supposed to be kind of stand-ins for certain types of people or uh, certain uh, what would you call it like moralities or whatever right and it's like you know a lot of people accuse Tolkien of having been a racist because elves you know pure bloodlines if they sleep with a human they lose their immortality they've got blonde hair blue eyes they're beautiful but, you know, at least that's an archetype, right? Mm. And uh, as a deep racist myself, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, no, seriously, I, I do think I, I do think there's too, there are way too many fucking stupid-ass races nowadays. And, I, I yeah, I, I, but I think that the hobby as a whole is skewing towards that. Because even in the D&D one, they're coming out with two new races, one of which is like a monkey man, to I be, think. To be fair, I have thought about adding like i've thought about what would really sort of add something to the game i mean it wouldn't be players uh, the gelatinous cube player class no I, I thought um in in sort of the pathfinder one that we're doing it might not be as good as the other races but i think it would be good playable races would be um uh, uh, the lizard folk would be a good one i i think that's acceptable i also think goblins is another one that i goblins, think is yeah. uh, half orcs as well some people disagree with that but i uh, quite like half orcs is already in there isn't it yeah i know but i'm just saying that's that's one that some people think is a step too far but i'm actually all right with that no that's fine that's, yeah because yeah, you're only fine. half orc you know yeah not full orc um lassie he has some uh, rapid fire questions for us so Go i'm going to read these out and we're just going to bam you give a quick answer dice chain or modifiers chain Mods. Oh, no. Oh, both. Uh, yeah, it depends on the game for me. Uh, I like it in DCC, uh, but it is fucking awesome, especially with the DCC dice. Next. Actually, Savage Worlds does it too. Next one. Do you eat the kiwi with the skin on or not? Yes. Uh, I've never eaten a, a person from New Zealand, but I do like a kiwi <laughs> fruit, and uh, I do eat it with the skin on, yeah. Sean, how about you? Yeah, I do, yeah. Oh, uh, wow. I've only just discovered that, to be honest. It's really good for you, man. Yeah. yeah. Uh, D20 attribute checks. Roll under... Or mod versus DC? Mod DC. Mod DC. Mod DC. Yep. Queen or king? Queen. Always, babes. Uh, queen. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, it's, a, it's a difficult choice, but Jobless. there you go. Sexiest player in your group? Oh, uh, mate. Oh, well, it's got to be Tabuscus. Well, at the moment, yeah, it consists of us three and Tabuscus. It does sort Tabuscus, of, it pro- does sort of vary because like, sometimes James oh. will come in in his like, shirts and that, and it's like, whoa. And then sometimes JT's beard will be, like Tabuscus's beard will be looking extra shiny. And that. Yeah, you know what I mean? <laughs> but I say the sexiest one was the player that's left and is probably going to come back soon because he's breaking up with his Actually, girlfriend. To be fair, he's has got really lovely eyes and a chiselled jaw. He's who Ryan. Yeah. Yeah. So he's been on a couple of the very early episodes, and but he does he does look like he was, like he's not terribly sexy nowadays. He's got a very homeless vibe about him, but he does look like he could have been an NSYNC twenty years ago. Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah. Um, It's a bit too clean. Shut up. DM GM DM GM or Ramrod. Oh, Ramrod. What's a Ramrod? Ramrod. Well, to be honest, it would be DM. It's a, it's an old meme uh, where somebody... If you uh, haven't listened to the podcast... Oh, it doesn't matter. Look, these are rapid-fire questions. Ramrod is another term for DM. I like DM. Very long way. I, I like, like DM. 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 I like DM, yeah. Yeah, yeah so do I. Uh, serious questions or silly ones? Silly. 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 Strength or dex? 
Dex. strength. I'm Dex as well. Mm. Yeah. I suppose that's sort of like what type of character build you like to play better. I'm, I'm always Dex. I like Dex. Probably because of Dexter's lab. Yeah. <laughs> Bargle the infamous. Dice towers. Yes or no? Yes. Yeah. Uh, this isn't one of those rapid fire ones, but yeah, pretty much, pretty much now. I think there's some people that it depends hate... what they are. Because if you have one that's about five meters tall, and then it takes twelve yes, minutes please. for it to fall down, it depends. About... Then definitely yes. <laughs> but <laughs> some some people hate meaningless accessories, but I love them. No, I don't think it's meaningless. It it means that you can't uh, purposely fudge a roll. That because too, you, you to... know it's random. Yeah, because it forces you to push it down something which is should give you a more random result but let's be honest like the noise it makes is cool if you've got oh, one that's yeah. particular to the theme of your game as well like i've got one uh, i bought it's a 3d printed one and it's, and it's a, a tower it's a castle yeah. yeah um love that and I, I i just think it looks cool and but also people like rolling in them and we if you bring one to a game your players or whoever's sitting next to you also, is going to like you if there's a space issue it means you know when instead of people rolling out on the map and hitting the minis over because that happens far too fucking much and I don't know why any of us still do it yeah but um, using the dice tower um, <laughs> it contains them yeah. in that spot yeah it was funny though one time we were playing DCC Sean uh, it was actually for one of the actual plays I should have kept this in but um, James took his D30 from his DCC set, put it down the dice tower, and it's too big, and it got stuck about halfway down. But James's face was a picture. It was like, like this. Like he, he was like, oh, my God, I'm never going to get that out. And it was like, we're going to have to smash the dice tower. Like, it was all in his that one look. Fortunately, yeah, he gave it a shake, and he got it out. To but. be honest, I've always had that worry when, like, uh, anyone's jokingly put my big dice in there and it's like Ooh. those are those They're are way too no, way too big to even enter the entrance of the dice now <laughs> yeah um but yeah you why you love big dice i love the jumbo once you've had jumbo you can never get back once you once you've had jumbo you can't go bumbo you yeah. know what i mean yeah. <laughs> uh but yeah dice towers definitely yes i love any shit like that dice catapults dice towers uh, dice destroyers <laughs> oh that would be good you know, imagine if you had a, a pool of acid and if you, you literally just burn it that's what I was going to say you get one of these little toxic waste containers and it's be like right genuinely if your dice is fucking up burn it but you know you have those um, what is it those dice jails that you can get if one's yeah. giving you bad luck yeah. instead of that like a dice destroyer like you know, I you could I use this um, you know a nutcracker yeah. one of the oh, ones you tighten oh, that'd be horrible I don't yeah. like believe in dice based luck though really to be honest there are some players at the table that are superstitious some that aren't yeah. I, I, I'm I not. you're not I genuinely do believe in it Sean I doesn't I'll stick with the same dice at all the time you feel so. it yeah, yeah I see I don't do that either because I've got two sets of dice that I've pretty much stick with now but like um, yeah I do believe in it especially if you ask for the dice for a good roll we've got proof that it works man it's just coincidence yeah. <laughs> fuck you Spider-Man <laughs> uh, the Greg man he says do you think other older versions of various RPG rules will be adapted in the way BX and OSR style games have so uh, old School Essentials essentially is a reprint of BX D&D then you've got Hyperborea which is like a cool setting but with first edition D&D rules reprinted and made much more readable uh, do you think other systems will do this and I think that already is happening because Genesis to an extent is like that Savage Worlds Adventure Edition is like that too It's no that's not that's the company making a new edition we're talking about like an old edition being adapted in a new way oh, okay. I'm, I'm sure there are more examples than this oh and of course like Troika I suppose is the old um, 
Steve, wow, what is it? Ian Livingston. <laughs> Ian Livingston. What, what is it? What is that fucking game? Where's that game? What, Jackson? No, it's Ian Livingston, Steve Jackson. It's the old British role-playing books. War. What, GURPS? What? It, war, mm. war time. No, it's not GURPS. It's fucking... Cricket pitch. Stop saying words. What is it? It's, it's like a... Oh, God, it's some sort of adventure game. Fuck, I can't remember Illuminati, the name. Illuminati, the card game. Shut up. So, um, but yeah, it is happening sort of all over the place. And there's Zweihander uh, as well, which is the old Warhammer rules as well. What about Minecraft? Ravenloft, isn't it? That's, that was old. They Yeah, and uh, that's they, a they setting, the... not a system. Oh, are we talking about just systems? Yeah, because like, obviously there, a lot of old school systems have been adapted for the modern day. I'm sure it's already happening, but yes, I would like that. I would like that. Like, because I like Call of Cthulhu's 6th edition slightly more than I do 7th, and having just a nice new reprint of that would be lovely. Mm. Um, yeah, well up for that. But then I suppose with the with the advent of uh, DTRPG and print-on-demand stuff, a lot of companies are just taking their old stuff and making it freely available on print-on-demand versions anyway. Like... Uh, D&D for example you can get the rules Cyclopedia um, or you can get Cyberpunk 2020 off DTRPG and actually in print so I suppose it's becoming less and less relevant but Old School Essentials for example is like they've made it pretty much more usable much more readable and I it'd be nice to see that with other games like Aces and Eights would be a good one new version of Old Vampire although they did have 20th Anniversary Edition and but they took shit out of it for some reason yeah, I'm well up for that. I would love Aces and Eights, but I don't think anyone would have the patience to play it these days. And I'm going to play it, man. I'm going to run it. I it's going to be my next one after MCC. Yeah, I just I thought it was too that. close to when we did uh, Deadlands to pull out another Western game, even though that's a more of a real-world style game. But yeah. Uh, last one for the night is going to be Illicid Illithid. He says, "Do you see that? did you see that ludicrous display last night? Is anyone following the World Cup? Uh, Fuck off. Um... Yeah, no. no, the thing about England is they always walk it in, innit? Right. You know what I mean? That's true. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Were they thinking? Yeah. I, did, I did follow the Euros and I really got into it, but like with this, I just, I, for some reason, I just don't give a fuck. You know, someone. Probably all the human rights abuse, I reckon. Yeah. Nah, I love human rights abuse, you know me. But, but you know how like far away from sports, uh, specifically football, I am? Someone mm. was like, oh, yeah. Um, I'm going to watch the XYZ or do this game at half one. And I was just like, oh, so what kind of, uh, what league is it? And it's like, it's the World Cup, mate. And I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, you didn't even realise. No. Um, but I love it. I love how, because usually it's like, football, come on, England. But because of, you know, Qatar and their human rights issues. And, and all it's the this. middle of goddamn winter as well. That's true. Um, yeah, it's, it's just funny because so many companies, like, they don't want to do that football-based advertising that they usually do. And I heard, like, there was an advert at Black Friday deals for Sony TVs that was on on, uh, on the radio. And it's like, maybe there's a certain specific tournament for that sport you like. And that was like, <laughs> that's what it said in the advert. And I was like, wow, people are really distancing themselves. Look. But it used to be shoved down your throats every World Cup. I quite I prefer it like I this. much prefer So it. do I. I mean, it was so much so that I didn't even realise it was fucking happening. Um, but <laughs> but um, did you see that, that? There was that guy that did sort of a, uh, a very funny protest because Qatar... Obviously, they still use slaves. They've got anti-gay laws, which is somehow 
you know, worse than the use of slavery. But there we go. But the um, uh, there's like a guy. He there was a conference with like one of the I don't know World Cup organizer blokes. He came with stacks of cash, put it on the table, and he's like, "Hi, I'm here from the uh, North Korea board of uh, World Cup for 2026. There's your payment. Let's do this." And then he's like promptly arrested, obviously. But it's well good. And um, also Qatar sent uh, our government some uh, in air quotes gifts. That was very did they. Uh, good for them. Conspiracy, good guys. Was Sean. Uh, did they? Uh, it's not. Well, it's, it's, a, it's not a conspiracy, okay? Because I read it. I saw it on YouTube. It's a fact. I made I on it, Windows I, Movie Maker. Um, <laughs> I, I did want to say about like because like I like sports and like um like to be fair, if you like perfect. When do you like sports? You like sports video games. You like playing basketball. I like playing. Oh, that's true. Yeah, but yeah, that um, doesn't encompass all sports. But you don't really no, watch but basketball. Like, if you like, you know what I mean. If you like, put a football down in front of your mates, a couple of beers. You know, a couple yeah. of beers. You know, you got a good time. Sure. Yeah, usually, when someone says they like sports, it means they actively follow and pursue. Like, they have a team and follow. I know, stuff. but I still like sports, though. No, but I thought, but I, 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 I agree. Where it's much more fun to actually play than yeah it is I, it. I like sports in that regard but usually when someone says i like sports it's like they actually yeah that means something follow. else yeah it's yeah. like yeah they you know they have every memorabilia item of tiger woods or something yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah, true yeah. yeah who's he what is he a golf or no, is he a tennis like player a, he's like a snooker ping ponger there's a guy i think there was a, a lyric in a song um that i heard recently uh it was like you skating on thin ice and a corner cover famously a tennis player right <laughs> I mean, but anyway, uh, yeah. So, so sports, we don't really like them. But I do remember back in our teenage days when Sean and I semi-professionally played Laser Quest, and uh, oh, yeah, we, we used to have discussions like it is a sport, like and things like this. Well, I, it's, you have yeah. to run around. I mean, you do have to run around. I mean, if it was a game, it would be considered an e-sport, isn't it? Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 definitely. Well done, Sean. That's good. But uh, got any good, fun laser quest memories before we wrap up? Uh, name the name that I the, got. Uh, the dodging technique uh, where you'd like vibrate up and down so, like, to avoid lasers and that. So the, the, the yeah, this is a bit cringe, but like, so we played in tournaments and stuff like this, right? And the thing is, is that the way you hold your gun, if you imagine how you normally hold a gun, you don't do it like that. You hold, you put your hand, your left hand on the barrel, front facing. Your other hand, you're shooting with your thumb on the trigger so that you can always be side on to the person. And you're constantly pressing it and you have to sort of vibrate up and down by imagine you were sort of head banging and firing a gun hold against your chest. That is roughly the thing you would see. <laughs> it is really embarrassing to play, but it's a technique you have to use it if you want to do well. And it's like, um, one of my favourites was, uh, do you remember Grievous that we spoke about in our Weird Players episode? Yeah. There was a lot, uh, in it, when you get into the dizzying heights of semi-professional local laser quest, right? There is, uh, there's a lot of elitism, like there's a lot. And we we would go there to, for a day to practice. And then of course, some kid's birthday party would be at the same time. And then our mate Grievous, he got really annoyed. And we were waiting in the in the, the waiting chamber to go into the combat area. And um, he was just like, oh, I saw his fucking noobs, man. And then this kid was just like, uh, was just like, what do you mean by that? And he was like, you're such a noob, you don't even know what noob means. <laughs> and then he was just like, well, it means knob, innit? And he's like, see? Oh, classic. Come but on. what was your handle at the time, Sean? Um, People would call you it outside of games. It was brilliant. I can't remember what it was. What was yours? Uh, Camus. Camus? Yeah. What does that even mean? Uh, it's a philosopher, isn't it? <laughs> See, it makes my it makes mine look better by comparison. Mine was Axel. 
And uh, yeah, people would be like, Axel, oh, sweet game. Quite, yeah, I mean, before that, I was Goku. Um, <laughs> fucking hell. <laughs> there was one player as well who was quite highly ranked called uh, Hotshot. Hotshot. Yeah, and yeah. he was like the, he was the, the deepest autist. You've met him, haven't you, James? Yeah. Shall I tell the Hotshot story? You can tell the Hotshot story. Because right. this, like, this is like your biggest victory I think you've ever had in your life. One of. Um, but um, so basically, this guy Hotshot, he was like basically... Uh, He'd come and he'd have this attitude and stuff, and we we're like, "Oh, hot shot!" You know, and all those nerd sort of communities. You have that one guy, and and he he thought he was the shit because um he'd gone to, hot shot. he'd gone to Canada one one time for a laser quest tournament, um so uh we were doing like one v one sort of it was called a ninja match, uh, and uh, we'd had like a tournament. Um, and uh, it was a one, it was a one v one tournament, uh, and you'd have like a circle of people, and in the middle you'd have two people fight. Uh, so I got to the final with hot shot, uh, and uh, everyone was cheering. It was sick, and um, yeah, I was dodging all his shots, um, and uh, yeah, in the end I won. And he got like so upset, he threw his uh, gun to the ground and uh, just let stormed it- off stormed off and the gun was like dragging on the floor because obviously the gun is attached to the suit so it was just dragging behind him and he, <laughs> he was so angry that was a good day yeah. that was a good day oh, wow was such a good day like but oh. every every uh, time there was some sort of semi-professional stuff going on he was there and we say semi-professional but that sort of means that you get paid for doing it and we never did we paid for the privilege to be in these tournaments i mean so. tawny tawny it's big shit guys big shit yeah my yeah tawny viable stuff going on but uh yeah it ch- it's changed nowadays isn't it because nowadays there's they no have a, they have a sensor on the front of your gun meaning that you have to hold it the correct way at all times well there's no bloody laser crest anymore it's all like laser Job. laser shot. laser world laser tag yeah you bit, played one in the isle of white james that had like a pokeball for a gun i can't recall i was yeah. tiny i wasn't even there yeah, and i recall that a long time ago actually yeah so that's what we think of football uh right so uh let's that do an it, outro Ah? That was it, wasn't it? A bloody yep. yes, laser quest. So do I. Uh, outro, yep. Mm. Yeah. Who are you? The Emerald Elf? Fuck you, Spider-Man! I'm the Green Hulk! Um, you gonna buck up your ideas? Buck up my ideas, yeah. yeah I'm you gonna, gonna Bucky O'Hare? I'm gonna set straight and fly right or whatever, you know what? Yeah, Bucky O'Hare, Fred Flintstone, all of that stuff, you know what I mean? Good. Uh, James, do you know if there's any way, because I'm not even entirely sure, but do you know if there's any way for people to contact us should they want to? Yeah, there's a few ways. Uh, well, they can do smoke signals, carrier pigeons, maybe a pages or a telegram. Pager would be uh, acceptable. Yeah. But um, the pager, you'd need to send it to freetrpgpod.gmail.com or just look up freetrpgpod online and find us on socials. Yeah, and uh, Discord's in the uh, description there, so go and hang out with a bunch of lovely guys who have renamed themselves the Greg. So lovely Gregs, and also if you'd like to donate to us, please do donate to us and just oh, look at like, Really, seriously, they do. Because yeah. oh, if, do- if you donate, it would make I'm trying to find the Laser Quest career here. <laughs> it would make me bonate, and. Nice. Oh, what the fuck? No one's going to pay now, Sean. <laughs> no, no one's... If they, they think, yeah, we're on Patreon, so go and bonate. Over there. Right, uh, that's a podcast, isn't it? We can call it that? Yep. Yeah. Can we? Technically, yep. yeah. <laughs> All right, well, I've been Harrison Hunt. I've been James Clark. I've been Sean Hunt. And remember... Best one. Shh, shh, shh. Remember, <laughs> remember that D20s are cool for 20Ds. Now that's a good time. Oh, yeah. Suck it. Bye. Champ.
Let's suppose that you were able every night to dream any dream you wanted to dream. And that you could, for example, have the power within one night to dream 75 years of time. Or any length of time you wanted to have. And you would naturally, as you began on this adventure of dreams, you would fulfill all your wishes. You would have every kind of pleasure you could conceive. And after several nights of 75 years of total pleasure each, you would say, well, that was pretty great. But now let's, um, let's have a surprise. Let's have a dream which isn't under control. Well, something is going to happen to me that I don't know what it's going to be. And uh, you, you would dig that and come out of that and say, wow, that was a, a close shave, wasn't it? Then you would get more and more adventurous and you would make further and further out gambles as to what you would dream. And finally, you would dream where you are now. You would dream the dream of living the life that you are actually living today. That would be within the infinite multiplicity of choices you would have, of playing that you weren't God. Because the whole nature of the Godhead, according to this idea, is to play that he's not. The first thing he says to himself is, man, get lost. Because he gives himself away. The nature of love is self-abandonment, not clinging to oneself, throwing yourself out as in, for example, in basketball, you're always getting rid of the ball. You say to the other fellow, have a ball, see? And uh, that, that keeps things moving. That's the nature of life. So in this idea then, everybody is fundamentally the ultimate reality. Not God in a politically kingly sense, but God in the sense of being the self, the deep down, basic, whatever there is. And you're all that. Only you're pretending you're not.